amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotic. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Marklin and I create the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit thereptilereport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is it's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our Buy It Now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad that also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buy or selling? Use shipyourreptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder. Then visit ShipYourReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related. Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. Tonight, we're going to be talking carpet pythons. <laughs> it's a subject, uh, Owen, that we uh, don't talk about too often. <laughs> Not really. Was, was that a new intro? Did I miss something? Like, was that uh, Yeah, that was new. That was new. <laughs> like, oh, that, was, all right. that was different. I was messing around every with some stuff while. today. Yeah. You know, every once in a while when I'm not paying attention and the intro starts and then it's like something different, I'm like, what the hell's happening? So, yeah, all right. <laughs> Wait a minute. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. That's uh, not the normal stuff. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, we like to do this um, just me and Owen uh, once a month type of thing to where we can hit on questions that come in or topics that people bring up or things that we see that – you know, uh, you know, are kind of the goings on in the Morelia world. Um, so, you know, uh, we got a couple questions in actually, and 
this month, so we thought we'd hit on those along with some other different things. Um, and just so everybody knows, if you do have a question or a comment for us and you want to send it our way, you can send it to our email at info at moreliapythonradio.com, or you can just PM us on Facebook. Either way, uh, we can make that happen for sure. So Nice. Nice. So it, I, I kind of like these shows. It's more of a laid-back kind of a relaxing kind of a show. We can do whatever the hell we want. So. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, I, you know, I was listening back to the, um, uh, the uh, roundtable, and you know, it's it's yep. always tough juggling all those different people and talking and whatnot. And then like sometimes this like things. I don't know if you're the same way, but I'm thinking about it in my head as it's going by, and it's like, oh, I don't want to hide yep. too much. <laughs> so these shows yeah. let us get that, you know, at least for me. So, um, and uh, we do have the uh, the chat going on uh, over in the. I guess I'll I'll link it up. I mean, I'll get everybody excited over there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, normally you do the whole, you get everybody revved up by being like, it's showtime, and then all of a sudden everybody shows up on the little... I said, get every, there, yeah. get ready for the patch. There it the is. Patch yeah. <laughs> it's all, all caps. Capital Holy shit. letters. Yeah, oh, ah. God. <laughs> Save some of that energy. Anyway. <laughs> so, so, we'll talk a little bit about our seasons and how that, that is going with us. we got some... Some news, some different things that I saw. I think uh, Owen has a couple things that he saw, maybe, and uh, he does. You know, we'll just go through and and chat it up. Um, yeah. One thing, uh, I guess we should say at the beginning before we get into uh, what's going on, uh, we were nominated again on the Reptile Report Best of 2015 um, for uh, Best Reptile Radio Show. Um, so uh, I guess how it works is from what's it from February 1st until I think it's the 22nd uh, 22nd yeah um yeah basically you go over and you got to vote every day you just can click on the link I posted it up on pick of the week uh Morelia Python Radio Facebook page um I put it up on our website and um it's also on I think the uh, Morelia Python Radio Facebook group, but it's cool to be nominated. Uh, you know, yeah. it's cool to people are digging the show. Uh, basically, I guess you just have to go over to uh, their. Uh, I think it's in their marketplace is where it's at. But if you follow the link and then you, you log in and then you lo- you vote and you can only vote once a day, so it would be cool. Um, you know, to win it. I mean, what's this? The third year in a row that they've third. I thought it was also cool. I'm going to uh, uh, throw a show, shout out to uh, Terrell in April. Um, yeah. There's Designer Exotics was uh, nominated for Python Personality of the Year. Um, so you should go over and give them some love. He does a good job. She does a good job. He's the car, kind of the carpet guru. She's the uh, short tail guru and you know, together they're an awesome team. So, uh, mm-hmm. definitely cool stuff. Um, Very cool. So yeah, um, yeah, go go over there and show some support. There's a whole bunch of different categories. Um, yeah, I don't think that there's any other uh, Morelia people. Right, I think the uh, yeah. the the uh, pictures 
um, are pretty cool um, that they have, uh, you know, voting for the pictures that they have, photographs yeah. and such. Um, so check it out. So how's your season going? What's going on with uh, uh, my my season's going on? I have two females gravid like they have to be. Um, my caramel female uh, today. It, it, she's huge. She's thick. She doesn't like me touching her. So it's like, all right, we're doing good so far there. Uh, and then I have nothing out of anybody else except maybe the Amazon tree boas, which uh, I don't know what I, I was trying not to breed them. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there. But the bread line. Man, that sucks, Owen. Shut that up. sucks because, um, you know. There's people in this reptile world that actually are trying to breed them and can't, and you're trying not to, and you are. <laughs> How do you think I feel about IJs, all right? Just, like, shut up. Man. So um, I pulled the bread eye out of hibernation today, and the male oh, cool. is already all over one of the females. Like, he's spurring her and all up and down. He was going nuts. So that's only a matter of time. So both of them are doing good. And then uh, – I actually am trying to make a last-minute deal to get uh, another tiger male. Um, I did, unfortunately, lose my male tiger this summer, and I was an idiot, and I never held any of his babies back until last year. So I have uh-huh. a little baby boy, and I'm like, I don't uh, – because it, it never occurred to me. I'm like, I don't need it. He'll be fine. He'll be more breeding years under his belt. Oops. So – I, I don't have any tiger boys. And I'm like, you live within a square, like in a couple miles of, you know, you interactions with Jason Balin, Howard Redding, Mike Curtin, you're here. And you're telling me you didn't like, you had access to so many tigers over the years. It was ridiculous. So you didn't get any. So I'm, I'm working on that to kind of get a last ditch effort for a boy to try to get some tigers this year. So we'll see. You should have asked me earlier because I have I know. three tiger males. <laughs> Damn it. This is what happens when I keep quiet. So, yeah, the heck. Yeah. Well, I, well I, honest to God, it was because I thought that another male, I had an, I had the Xanic male, and I thought he could potentially do well. Mm-hmm. But he's been freaking out and running from everything female. So with him not doing anything, now I have this giant hole where, you know, you want to plug in a male that would be really good to, like, you, you always you, you always want your backup hitter. So I've done that, but now the backup hitter's in, in use, and the Xanic is still running away from other females, and now i got all these girls just sitting here. So I'm like, you know what, I needed another male. I really did. I thought I was going to get by without it, but, yeah. And then one was presented to me that was just too good to pass up, so. You know, one of the uh one of the things I used to learn from listening to uh the ball python people talk was um about the need for extra males. Um, you know, I think people underestimate that, you know, like females seem to take more um uh, you know, like they're more valuable and which they are to a certain extent, but at the same time if you have you know, one male that's going to bre- – I mean, this doesn't really happen in carpet python world, but if you're going to have one male breed, uh, what are they – ball pythons are usually, what, like 10, 10, 10 females? Like they have a male and a rack, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah they have one so male it's like, per uh, rack. 
But if he doesn't go, you know, that's really you're screwed. That's you bad. Know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things where I always, I always did adhere to the extra male thing to the point where I ended up being male heavy. So I think now I've gone so far left, it's ridiculous. I have probably three females to every male that I have, right? including males that I'm raising up. So now I'm sitting here and I'm like, crap, I really do need more boys. So it's one of those things where when I look at my holdbacks this year, I'm really going to have to take that into account of what gets held back uh, if, if we're going to hold back some females, we're going to hold back some males. Because to me it was always hold back the girl and sell, hold back a girl and sell everybody else. So, you know, it wasn't ever hold back a pair because why do I need a pair? I already have all these other boys that are established. So, And plus I can always make a boy next year and maybe I'll grab that male. So it's one of those things where I kind of just should – you should always keep a pair back, at least once a year keep a pair back. You don't necessarily need to keep them forever, but always hold back 1.1 out of your season at least. And then you can make decisions the next, the following year. But yeah, we're 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 drastically female heavy over here. So yeah, I um, I I I don't know. I usually buy a, you know a couple males of the same type of. Thing. Usually, I buy a pair of like if there's yeah. a particular pairing or something that I like or whatever. I usually buy a pair, and then I just. Just by doing that, I've become, you know, I guess equal. You're more so, even. Yeah. 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 You know. So if I this male doesn't go, then you get this other male. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I guess I should start doing that. Of course, that means that certain things are going to need to leave because you need more <laughs> cake space. So. That's always the dilemma, man. It's always the Isn't dilemma. It? And looking you know, at you, I'm looking at you, Dominican Red Mountain Boa. So. <laughs> They're like, no, no. No, Why I'm like, get have... out. Why it's did like, we have to uh, keep Boas? I was telling Andrew was here uh, dropping off his eggs, and he asked about Luna. And I'm like, well, <laughs> funny story, Luna might be a boy. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And unfortunately, I will. I really don't like mixes. I'll tolerate a few. But if you are a went from being a really pretty mixed female to a somewhat pretty mixed male you might be leaving so uh <laughs> well yeah it's the worst decision he could have made so yeah. it's uh so he he was laughing about that one so it's just it's one of those things where it, it, when you get down to it i have a cage space i need that cage get out of here and you end up like kicking a male out and you know i think what you said earlier how we always seem to put some more emphasis on the females it's like if i if it came down to I needed to clear up cage space and I had a male and I already had some younger ones that I was raising up, that male might be leaving. So, you know, yeah, how it rolls. So we'll yeah. see. And I still have, uh, I mean, out of the, out of the two clutches of coastals that I have here that are pretty much confirmed, everybody else mm-hmm. is still breeding. The bread lie just started. You have that thing. Uh, Balin has my, uh, granite and uh my jungles are off getting bread too so it's like i might not necessarily i might be getting more clutches than i think i will so we'll see still still early in the so season. so what are you shooting for tons as many babies as possible 
He's going to flood the market with I had so I, oh Pythons. God. Jags will be buy one, get 12 free. So it's <laughs> like I'm – I had such a crappy year last year that I just want more babies so that I have the option to be like, okay, we have enough to do as many shows as humanly possible. <laughs> so, you know, if I end up losing my mind in, like, August, we'll know why. But I, I just want them all here. And then I'll make the decisions of what to do with them. So, uh, we're, projections were to close, be close to a hundred babies. So, a hundred babies. <laughs> That's if everything bred, which that never happens. Yeah, that's true. Never <laughs> happens. So you know, if if it did, um, it would be one of those things. Stop, take cap locks off because I only keep doing to send a messages in all caps. Yeah, so, I don't know how to do it on my little uh, pad thing. <laughs> you know, you like usually push the little cap lock and it comes off. Let me see. Maybe that. Nope, that didn't work. Usually the arrow. All right, you know, we're not going to do. We're not going to do troubleshooting for technical difficulties. On oh, there. I got it. We'll just, all right, good job. I'm proud of you. So we'll have to figure. It's out. like never underestimate the amount of males you have. <laughs> Why am I yelling? It's like. Ah. <laughs> uh. But anyway, um, okay, so that's cool. So the season's progressing for you. Uh, now it's like 60 degrees outside, so my everything's screwed up. Um, I'm back in warm-up. My brother Brettles inside. It wasn't worth it. So yeah. Um, I brought uh, I brought everything back up. Um, I love um, you know. I think my ocelot jag female. She's uh, gravid. Uh, you know, she's uh, pretty much on the heat. Um, the M Pen. Uh, speaking of M Pens, and you yep. know, I was looking at I I, I had like this. Uh, you know, this is how nerdy I am when it comes to carpet pythons. When I see something that I like, I have this app. It's called Evernote. When I see something that I like or something that I dig, yeah, or a pairing or a picture or whatever it would be, I, you know, I can save it right from there, and it goes right into this Evernote. So I've I've compiled yeah. this collection of <laughs> carpet python pictures or topics <laughs> or. Um, you know, locality stuff from Australia. It's yeah. crazy. So I'm flipping through and I'm looking through um, everything today. And uh, what's that say? Jeez. Okay. I'll get more mails. Okay. <laughs> um, See, we're already helping. So go yeah. ahead. Um, shit. Now, oh, M pens. So I'm yes. looking through um, pictures of, yeah. uh, you know, past M pens and like some of the. Uh, Coastals that so when we talk let me let me back up for a second because we always have yeah. new people listening. When I say M pen, what I'm referring to is a is um Python in a pear tree. Um his Michael name is Pinnell. Michael Pinnell. Um yeah. and basically he has bred these beautiful coastal carpet pythons and the you're striped and they're lavender and just beautiful, beautiful snakes. But if you look at some of the animals that were produced from what they were producing yeah, man, they look like jags. Like, I don't know. Yeah. See if I can post a picture. I'll post it over in the chat room. See if I have them on here. Um, but they really do. Like, they could pass. The one could pass for a jag, uh, no doubt. And uh, let's see. I know I sent it to you guys at some point. Um, 
just beautiful, beautiful animals. But anyway, she they are. They're is gorgeous. Um, she is apparently grabbit. Um, she's going oh. into a pre-lay shed. Um, so nice. that should be. Uh, she looks like she's pretty solid. Um, let's see. So that's those two. My uh, citrus tiger bred with the albino. She looks like that's a done deal. Um, I took the uh, albino and bred it to a uh, the uh, Thompson tiger as well. So if people nice. like want pairs that sort of somewhat outcrossed in the same vein, you know what I mean. Um, and let's see what else. Uh, still nothing from the exanic. Girl, bro, with the albino jag. I'm just going to have to end up buying double hats because I can't produce them, um, which sucks. Um, but in a cool uh, turnaround for that is next year, I could actually breed an albino jag to an exanic zebra and make zebras and zebra jags double head for snow. So, My God. That's a possibility. That, your, your, exanic, your exanic female, I mean... She's so pretty. I don't understand why she's got to be so damn difficult. So, yeah, um, sucks. Yeah. I'm like, I might just, uh, it, hell, change of scenery might be in order. You may just want to have to, like, stick her in a different cage at the bottom of a rack or something like that. I don't know. You know, um, I keep going back to, uh, you know, it's funny, but I keep going back to um, the uh, the whole thing with the mature head she, she yeah. her head her head just doesn't have that mature carpet python head and i'm just thinking maybe she's just not maybe she's just not old enough you know i mean even though she is a 2011 she's huge well by whose standards is she huge by? by your standards she's huge i don't believe that sir yeah she's big man <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not lying to you. She's really Damn. big. Well, and we've and we quadruple checked the sex on this thing. Yes. Well, they lock. Well, I, you know, ah. just because they lock, <laughs> that doesn't mean shit. Doesn't mean anything. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but the the fact that I'm going to send these now. Okay. Uh, there we go. We may we, we may want to double quadruple check. <laughs> no, me and Zach, I, I'm pretty sure we sexed her. Um, she could just be that thing, dude. I mean, like, you know, she could just be that one animal that is going to throw a wrench in the works. Then you'll get yeah, frustrated. You'll sell her. And the first person you sell her to will be like, hey, man, look, I got a clutch. And you'll die. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll hate the world for a day. <laughs> a week, for a, a month. Day, like, for a day, you'll be like, I'm going to like your picture, but then we pissed as shit when I push the button. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I got that going on. Actually, more than, believe it or not, I'm pretty excited about that M Pen clutch because, you know, I've told this story before, but those snakes actually mean a lot to me because yeah. I handpicked them from Michael Pinnell, and I was literally like, like a half an hour late in asking for them, and this guy bought them. And right. you know, I contacted him and told him if he ever sold them, you know, thinking, like, who the hell is going to sell these snakes? Like, who the hell would ever sell, sell these them? things? Yeah. Um, I would have thought to get bent. So it's, uh, yeah. But then he actually I mean, ended up selling them. You know, yeah. Selling them. It, 
they're one of those things where I, I've had two M pens over my entire career. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, three M pens over my entire career of uh, snake breeding. One was so early on, I had no idea what I was doing. And then I had the one girl, and she was the one, remember, she had the impaction that she ruptured, like, through her own body out of, like, yes. left field after she had a clutch. I was horrible. Like, so I've been waiting for you to breed these things because I've been dying to get M-Pen Coastals back in my collection. So, I mean, like, I, I will be there at your house the day they're pipping because I want to know which ones I might be getting. So, uh, <laughs> and you're not allowed to sell any of the ones that I say that you have to hold on till I say so. So, you know. Well, you know, you know, Buddy has been waiting for that too. Um, but what? Oh, no, 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 no. He can have, he can have the pick after me. And then when I say the pick after me, I get to have like several picks and then maybe repicks and then maybe repeated picks before he can come and pick his own. So, yeah. <laughs> he can have uh, them when I'm done. Yeah. No, Jesus Christ. Anyway, <laughs> uh, those, those are just, I mean, and I know they're just pure coastals, and I know a bunch of people kind of don't care, but they're, they are I really, do know, man. really cool. They're so yeah. good looking. I mean, I had the, the one coastal, I wish to God I still had her. Uh, both my girls were bright yellow and had great pattern and color. And it was like to see those colors on a coastal was freaking insane. So it, it, I would love to have those back. Yeah. And not to um, mix with other things. Like, I don't want to mix them with a tiger or a jag. I want them no. to breed with each other. Yeah. No. <laughs> this is my other female. I'm posting it up now. Yeah. Um, yours, yours are pretty. So you're just going to be... Doing all the, I mean, I'm interested to see what your ocelot does because she's actually a pretty ocelot. Yeah, I'm curious myself. Um, I don't know. I don't think that that pairing has been done, so I don't know how that's going to turn out. I mean, I don't know if, um, you know, I, I don't know. It's very uh, that that should be interesting for sure. I'm I'm pretty happy with that. I was I was kind of psyched about. Um, so I had this one IJ. Um, that was uh what do you call it? Um yeah. uh she was breeding but she got the RI and I was breeding her that was poison ivy with the tiger, but I, I think that that's that's a done deal. But she's doing much better, which is which good. is good. Um, <laughs> for some reason <laughs> this is a pretty funny story. So I asked yeah. my wife I asked my wife to kinda help me give the needle. And yeah. Yeah, she's She's pretty chill, um, believe it or not. The snake is pretty chill. But, yeah. you know, I haven't given the needle. Like, the last needle I gave was when I had berms. I haven't given anything with that. And they're so big and round. There's so much space, you know. It's like, I don't know. They don't even realize <laughs> that they're, they're getting so the needle. You kind of jab them with it. Yeah, you just kind of yeah. let it go, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, but she's pretty chill. But when I did it with my wife, oh, man, that's <laughs> No good. She's, no good. She's like afraid to. She, I'm like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to hold the snake or do you want to give the needle? Well, I guess I can give the needle. Okay, here we go. I'm holding the snake, kind of just like. She's like, oh my god, the head, you know. Like, <laughs> kind of I'm like, oh, this isn't gonna work. <laughs> I'm like, just stop. Uh, no, 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 no. Well, I mean, 
was your wife like at least a little confident with the needle? Like, or like I, I would imagine this, it wasn't going to like end up in your arm or something, was it? Uh, believe it or not, she stuck my finger. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I didn't get a, any Batril in my finger. Well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she stuck it in my Batril. I mean, you know. <laughs> Why is my arm numb? I mean, like it's at least it was just patrol. So yeah. wow. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> at least I mean, you know, I, I stopped her in, in her tracks, but she tried. I got to give her an A for effort. So that was yeah, that is a big A for effort for yeah. trying. I mean, <laughs> your, your wife doesn't really have that much interaction with the snakes. No. I mean, no. I mean, I, I bet you she goes and checks them out when they're teeny and hatching and things like that. Cause oh yeah, then it's every, cool. Everybody does that, so yeah. and which it is cool. Um, it is always cool. Are you kidding me? It's awesome. So, so, so yeah, I I got a kind of a mild season this year. Um, you know, every I mean, for me, each breeding season, I don't know for you, is like is is a learning uh, experience for me. Um, oh, I keep very detailed notes. Uh, and it really hones in um each year i think i get more uh, in tune with uh what's going on i think this year was kind of a flop because of the weather i think it really uh really took a toll but who knows you know i mean like you said maybe it'll go longer it it leads me to wonder though um like uh, with that exanic girl you know something yeah. to think about is like maybe i'm just not looking at the right time of year with her. You're you know pulling I mean? her at the wrong... Yeah, I, it, yeah. It, it could be one of those, you know, if she feels thick... I mean, last year, during my whole moving and crap, uh, it was around... I want to say February, March-ish, when I thought my Hikon Jag was grabbing. And it turns out she wasn't. So... But she was nice and big and swollen to the point where I thought she could be, and it's almost like was that an obswell? And I was stupid enough to call it, you know, gravid because is that when the male should have gone in with her? So, right. Yeah, it, it's one of those things you almost got to find the right, the sweet spot and find out when it works for them. I mean, for all you know, at some point in March, that exanic girl can get nice, big and swollen, and that's when the boy should be in there. So. Yeah, that's why I kind of just leave the mail in and just kind of go about I would everything. Too. Uh, I do believe reintroduction does help. Like, I actually, I, I separated the olives, mm-hmm. uh, and I, 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 I realized I have a very big problem on my hands, and that is is that I've separated the olives, but I don't know which one is which. So, oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same size. Get yourself like a. Wh- I don't what, know who the hell. What do they do? Like sharpie on his head. Sharpie on the head or the back or something. Yeah. The one yeah, with the I'll dot is the male. Yeah, I'll take a sharpie and I'll draw a male symbol on his head. This way I know oh who God. he is. So uh, I'll figure it out. Because <laughs> you put them. The, oh, I got it. You put them together, Thank and you. now you don't. Yeah, oh, okay. I don't know who's who. gotcha. So. I separated them. They're going to go back together after. I'm going to see if they eat because they're both, like, starving, apparently, according to them. So I'm going to feed them, and then I'm probably going to put them back together and see if I can get maybe the breeding to go again or at all. 
and then when the season finally wraps up, that's when I'll sit down with my probes and figure out which one, who's who. So, yeah. um, but it's like, it's like I'm doing it. I'm like, you know, you never have this problem with carpet pythons. Everybody looks different. So yeah. it's, you know, I know who the male is. He's that one. So. Yeah. Typically my males are way smaller, so it's really easy. Oh, yeah. to tell. So, I mean, <clears throat> wow, that's kind of, I, I never thought about that problem. And now that I'm actually it's thinking about issue. it, and I have I have just a pair of head albino olives, and they're just small. Yeah. And uh, I could not tell. <laughs> well, tell thank you. Imagine imagine if you were trying to cycle through a head albino male and a normal a normal male with your oh. normal female. How do you know who the fuck is? <laughs> Ooh. That's called hashtag liasis problems. That's a big uh, problem. <laughs> I mean, probably you get the same problem with water pythons. I mean, but then you can try to keep them a little bit like female be a little bit bigger. But in this case, my olive pythons are both the same size. So it's like crap. So uh, we'll have to see. Cause, and, and the other thing is that none of them are it's, we're in the middle of the season. So no one's acting like they would normally act because Normally, my male olive python is, you know, gung-ho for food, and the female's really chill. Right now, everybody wants food, so it's not – I can't really gauge their personalities either. So, uh, it'll take some time to figure out, you know, who belongs to who. So, Yeah, I um, – yeah. I, I, this will, I'll throw this out there. Um, this is yeah. a little tip, something that I learned, and this is what I'll be doing this week, actually. Um, so basically I don't feed from, I have not fed, I don't feed any of my snakes from now, from November until now. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to feed everybody this week? Yeah. So now that, that, that it's warmed back up, now everybody starts getting food. Um, but what I have noticed with females is that, so not all hope is lost, that, uh, sometimes when you give them a, a couple meals, uh, for some reason, it kicks them into ovulation. So, into I don't green know. mode, yeah. Yeah, I think th- you're exactly correct because my high con tiger will, mm-hmm. like, she'll, she won't eat and then she'll start eating. And then she will eat up until the week before she drops eggs. I swear to God. She ate a medium rat, and then, like, that Monday, she had a clutch of, like, 16 eggs. So. Yeah. yeah. I think what I'm good. <clears throat> I think what I'm going to do with my females. Uh, like going into the breeding season, like maybe the two months before or whatever, I'm gonna start feeding them rabbits. Um, rabbits, not not big rabbits, yeah. you know, not like oh. firm rabbits, <laughs> you know. But I'm just thinking, like, well, you know, and I, I could be crazy, but I'm thinking of like all those crazy pictures that I see of wild carpet pythons, and they have this huge meal. Yeah. Um, do you know? I, I don't. You know, would is it better to to feed them a couple of rats, or is it better to feed them, you know, like a a nice size rat rabbit? That, you know, well, something like that. The funniest thing is that I went to the White Plains Expo uh, this Sunday uh-huh. uh, and hung around with Mike Curtin for a while. But I did get to talking with a friend of mine who works at a almost like a wildlife rescue kind of thing in New York. 
and he was wondering, because he has a few carpet pythons from me and a few other things, that they want to start raising rabbits because they have, like, this little farm set up. And he goes, will the carpet pythons eat rabbits? And I'm like, uh, yeah, they should. But the problem is is that a, what is a good-sized prey item for a carpet python, depending on your breed of rabbit, you know, right. is that going to be like a brand-new baby-born rabbit? In which case, is that going to have everything that a carpet python, an adult carpet python is used to getting from an adult rat? Correct. Yeah, I thought about that, so, you know. Yeah, are we talking supplements? Are we talking, like, I don't know what the bone structure is of a baby rabbit is. Um, I don't think they go through a whole, like, pinky stage, like, almost like the mice do. I know they have, like, a, a peach fuzz eyes close stage, but I don't think it's, like, it has no hair on its body kind of deal. And I do know that yeah. they have, I think, a little bit better bones, but I don't, no. I don't know. I do, I do not know. I'm thinking, like, whatever is the equivalent to, like, a small rat, but in a rabbit size. You know what I mean? So, like, not an adult right. rabbit, but not a, you know, like, hopper rabbit. Not like that. Not right. like rat crawler or something like that, you know? I don't know what the stages right. are. I'd have to research it a bit. See but um, that's kind of kind of my, my thinking. Um, it's a good <clears> idea. <throat> I mean, it would be something to do, and it would be a bigger meal. It's I mean, I, I, there are just so many breeds of rabbit out there. I mean, you have you can have rabbits, dude. That the babies are the size of your dog. So I mean, like, yeah, I'm not and that's your about dog, that. not my dog. Oh, but I it's mean, like, you know, you're not trying, <laughs> not re- trying to get that re- rabbit. <laughs> I remember feeding berms. Uh, you know, yeah. when I had all my berms, they basically that's what they ate was rabbits. Um, yeah, like and I used to get these like, yeah, I don't know like what's what poundage they were, but they were like this medium sized rat, and I definitely think a female like carpet could handle handle that. Oh, I just it definitely could. I just think that yeah. you know I'm, I was listening back to uh, conversations that we had with Ben on the show, and um, when he was talking about you know getting your female. You don't want them to be overweight, but you want them to be slightly overweight going into the breeding season, you know. And they I are going to drop some weight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially with like I like to do maternal incubation and you know things like that. I, the the female really has to be in good shape, you know, in order to do this. Yeah. Kind of thing. So. I mean, and it's I don't know. one of those things where you have. It's one of those things where you don't realize just how much the toll of breeding season has taken on your females until the eggs are here. Because then you're like, oh, my God, I've killed you. It's like they're... Yeah, they look like death. They, <laughs> it was horrible. Like, it's like yeah. they look like a tube of toothpaste that has been utterly spent. So it's like, it's one of those things where uh, if you can do anything to kind of make it a little bit softer of a landing for them, because I don't know about your girls, but uh, Venus, my my caramel, she got it down to an art. Like she's always the first female gravid, because the second the male's in there, they're they're going at it. Um, and she drops the eggs and she like leaves them by the door. She doesn't coil them; she just puts them here and goes away. So, um, and the second I clean her up and clean all the eggs done, she's looking for food. So it's like. I don't know about how your females are and how how fast they bounce back to food, but almost all of mine, the day of or the day after laying eggs, are just eating whatever's in front of them. 
So it would yeah, be nice I mean, if maybe that wasn't extremely necessary. Yeah, I've never had a problem with females bouncing back. I mean, I know no. that um, I I guess I hear that a lot with ball pythons, but uh, I'm not. I've never had that problem with carpets, but nor have I really heard of that problem. I mean, basically, once the females laid the eggs, uh, what I do is is that I take the eggs out. Uh, I want yeah. to take her off the eggs, kind of set her aside. I take the eggs out. I weigh the eggs. Um, and then I set them up, put them in the incubator, done deal. Yeah. Then I go back to her. Uh, I basically clean her off. Um, yeah. And then I clean her enclosure, you know, because it's yep. funny. I had, uh, you remember that one caramel girl that um, she was egg bound and you came yeah. over and took the egg out? Okay, so. She like wrapped around newspaper, shivering oh. <laughs> for for days. You know, I couldn't get like because uh, I didn't want to disturb her too much because yeah. you know of of what we did, and yeah. uh, I just wanted to make sure that that you know I didn't stress her out with anything. So I just kind of let her chill for a couple of days. But those couple of days, she was wrapped around newspaper. Like I kept having to look like, oh my god, did she put another egg? And it's like, yeah. Okay, there's no egg. It's just paper. No, it's just paper. It was, <laughs> so. It's the funniest thing is that they they will respond to that after a ridiculous amount of time. I had uh, a clutch hatch, and as the clutch was hatching, I took the eggs, and I put the eggs. I wouldn't even think it. it was my old snake room. I put the eggs on top of the cage that their mother was in. So the babies right. were hatching, and I was setting them up in the rack, and I spin around, and Aurora has balled up all her paper, and I'm like, you haven't – she's not seen these eggs for months. Like, I took them away from her months ago, and now, like, the smallest hint of their smell is back in uh, near her, and she's balling up paper trying to incubate them. And it's like, yeah. geez, like, I admire their maternal instinct here, sweetheart. But So I had to go through the whole <laughs> thing. I just, set, I just set up all the babies. I had to pull her out, clean her cage, clean her off. And she went right back to it, but I was I was kind of astonished that it, it, she went back to the uh, trying to incubate them. I thought it was cool. So, but yeah, there's something you got to watch for. It's like it's something you have to be a little wary of. So, yeah, here's another uh, cool observation that I've had from this season so far. So, <clears throat> you know how we've talked. Um, for some reason, my females never bask belly up. Um, yeah. you've, you've seen it in your girls a lot. And so, and this is just, again, this could mean totally nothing. It's just something that I observe. I use, uh, for the most part, I use, no, actually, yeah. Well, for the most part, I use under the tank heat, right? Yeah. So yeah. the heat is coming from underneath the, uh, the tank. Uh, you use radiant heat panels where the heat is coming from above. So, yeah. This re- this year, um, the one uh, rack setup that I have, uh, the um, it's actually back heat, right? So uh-huh. what I did before is is that I just add a um, piece of heat tape um, to the you know to underneath the tub where the female would lay, uh, right by that back heat, so that you know once I realize that she you know like I have a good feeling that she's grab it, <clears throat> I put that there. Et cetera, et cetera. I also did it this year because I had that, you know, poison ivy. 
um, was have has the RI, you know, and when you have an right. animal that has an RI, the first recommendation is to raise the heat. Well, it was difficult because I was still in cool down and, you know, I didn't want to, she was actually in the rack with all the females that were breeding. So I didn't want to, which was still cooling down at night. So I didn't want her to go through that cool down. I just wanted her to have a hot spot 24 seven. So I pulled right. her out of that. I put her in this other one. And then I added the uh, the heat pad for underneath. Well, the ocelot girl is right down underneath of her. And what I noticed is is that 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 first night she kind of coiled and she was coiled belly up. Now, you know, again, this is me being a carpet python nerd. You know, the first time you see that, I was just like, wow, that's so cool, you know. And I, I just thought it was <laughs> odd that for the longest time. Yeah. So, Basically, the heat now that she was getting is not coming from underneath. It's coming from on top. Now, I wouldn't want it to be too hot because I knew that, the you know, poison ivy had that heat pad right there. And it's coming through that, that, you know, through the rack. And basically, it's a hot spot that's above her now. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, um, know, I know that there was some talk on, like, does a snake. I mean, because if a snake's in the wild... My thinking is, is that they would be getting the heat from above, you know. It like, would depend, because what if he was crawling on a really nice warm rock? Well, that's the other thing that I thought of is like if they're out, you know, like especially at night, you'll see the snakes that go for yeah. like the road. So, huh? I just thought that that was kind of uh, well, I interesting observation. I agree, and I think it's depending on what mom needs to do to for the temperature of the eggs. So if right. she's got to warm them up, she might best belly up, or she might put her belly towards the warmest thing around her. Um, right. If she's got to cool them down, like how many of your girls are hugging water bowls? I never see that. I, never I, see I that. Venus has been wrapped around hers like twenty four seven. She's either she's either in that. she's either in the lay box which I gave her a lay box this year, which means she'll lay, like, somewhere else other than the box. Um, but it's uh, she's either in the box basking underneath the heat panel or she's wrapped mm-hmm. around the water bowl. I think at this point now she's so – we're so done that she's mm-hmm. just regulating the eggs. So Right. She even, huh. she even had her free lay yet, so we'll see. But it's, just, it, it's those cool observations that you see. I mean uh, – the Amazon tree boa is not perching really where she normally would. She's kind of keeping more to the branch that's larger because I I can see her belly kind of getting bigger. So uh, that's something that's cool too, that you can always observe in those kind of guys. Um, And it's just some of these things is what you kind of observe. So, yeah, it's uh, (laughs) as um, Eugene Bissett said, become a student of the serpent, pay attention, you know, uh, it really tries to hone in your skills. Now, see, what's exciting for me is not so much like these past two years have sort of been like this. Um, uh, for me, I really haven't had like most of the clutches that I've done or most of, most of the pairings that I've done have been stuff for me. Uh, holding yeah. back and, you know, uh, specific, uh, you know, it, it's not necessarily something flashy, but you know, it's het this or het that, you know, all these kind of things, trying to prove out poison uh-huh. ivy. And, you know, with holding all those those babies back, um, I definitely have to make sure that I don't overwhelm myself with, uh, you know, too many clutches. 
But next year yeah. is pretty much it's it's the year that I've been waiting for since I've been a carpet python breeder. Uh, because basically next year I will have Brettles to size, I will have Inlands to yeah. size, I will have Darwins yeah. to size, I will have, you know, a whole slew of IJs to size, like breeding projects that I've been waiting to do forever. Um, all these crazy het this and het that project, you know, all that stuff will be ready to go. And, you know, I'm feeling good because I don't know about you, but as of recently, I think that the carpet python community and world is it's you know new people are coming in i'm seeing more and more people interested you know i'm looking at the the show stats and you know it seems like everybody wants to hear about carpet pythons you know it's like yeah i don't know i'm feeling good about it but uh you know i have you ever had that like have you had that experience yet where you've you sort of bought your 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 babies and you grew them up to where like that year, yeah. um, had that year to where you're like, yes, this is what I've been waiting uh, for. I'm that, so excited. I had that year, and then I can, dude, I, can, I had that year, and then I'm going to tell you what year you get to look forward to after that. Um, I I had that year because I bought my first carpets when I was in college, um, uh-huh. and I usually bought the problem. I always bought like two year olds, three year olds. I never bought baby babies um, right. until I got Trinity and I got Talon, and I got them both as hatchlings. Trinity should have never been sold to me. She was way too young. Um, And then I got talent from Jason Balin. So they, and they were both babies and I raised them up and, uh, they're an 07 and an 08. So, um, I, I was out of college. I was raising them up. I went all the way up and then they finally, uh, I, I paired them together. Uh, and through that pairing produced echo. So, you, I got so excited because you had this pair that you that, that I raised up from babies to adulthood, and now they've just made this fantastic tiger jack for me, and he's awesome looking. And right. now, and now Echo is breeding, and has produced. This is his fourth clutch, I think, that he's got cooking right now. Um, and I have one of his daughters is now a holdback. Because she's this really nicely cream-colored and red striped coastal, and I'm like, you got to stay because I'm going to mix you in with the tiger project. It's going to be awesome. So now it's like, all of a sudden I'm back where I was because I've raised Echo up to adulthood and he's breeding, and now I have Emma, and I'm raising her up, and it's like, holy crap! Like you have to almost sit here and think about it because it's like I raised those two up, and now their son was raised up, and now I'm raising up their granddaughter to size and it's going to be one day three or four years down the road when Emma's having her first clutch I'm going to be like holy shit so it's it's really cool to think about that kind of stuff and you have those seasons where all of a sudden all the little babies that you've been raising up are now ready to roll um, I have my super caramel is going this year my caramel tiger is going this year and it's almost like if you you almost got to pause and kind of realize that otherwise you just blow right through it and it is definitely very cool so yeah yeah it's, it's you know it's, uh, a few years down the road when you're like raising up poison ivy's grandkids to continue the line is when you'll be like holy shit so well next year in particular with poison ivy which i'm kind of glad that she didn't go this year because it gives me a whole year to kind of like you know really make sure that she's in good shape because 
I'm going to breed a male back to her, one of her her, yeah. her sons. You yeah. Know? And, uh, yeah. you know, we really know then whether it's something or nothing or what the case is, you know. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's fun, man. But, you know, I, I, the thing about breeding snakes, um, you know, especially Morelia, uh, I, I guess this applies to all reptiles, but it's just patience, man. You know, yeah. um, I can't stress enough, uh, you know, I geek out, I write down what my pairings are going to be. Um, I try to figure out like what kind of, you know, animals and what's my end result. What am I hoping for? What's the, what's the look that, that I'm looking for in an animal. And, you know, when you go and you find all those things and, and then you, you, you put all that time into it, you raised it up three years, you know, three and a half years. Uh, and then finally you get to that spot. Uh, it's, it's, it's really cool. You know, it's a, it's an awesome feeling. And then when you see those, those snakes pip out of those eggs and, you know, I, it's, it's such an awesome, such an awesome thing. So, you know, just stick with it, man. You know, if there's a project, yeah. that's why you really should do what you love, man. Don't worry so much about, I don't think people should worry so much about, like I said, you know, what's cool or what's hip at the time because you know you're going to go and buy a snake like let i'm just going to use rough scales for example right you know so everybody's like all about rough scales because you know nobody has them and they're this rare species and you know very few people are breeding them blah 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 you know and by the time they're raised up and you're ready to breed them probably more than likely nobody's going to give a shit. So unless you're like really a diehard rough scale, like I know you are Owen fan, um, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to appreciate the project. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't go like my, my rough scales could never breed and I don't care. (laughs) I I don't care. I don't care. I just, I want and I already told you I'm getting another pair this year because I don't I don't two one point one ain't enough. I want I want I want at least two point two because they're just so variable. They're different with the tan and the brown. It's like, oh god in the eyes. So yeah, I want four. It's like I'm sitting here. I'm like, do I really want chondros? <laughs> it's like it's getting to that point where I may need your cages. Get out. So. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I I not yet, so you know it's uh it's one of those things where you got to appreciate it. I mean, what uh, for, uh, give me three four years? Um, I'm raising up that trio of gold white lips right now, and I mean the largest female just got onto rat pups. The male is probably going to follow her in a week or two. And then I have the really, really tiny baby female that's on hopper mice. And it's like, eventually, it's going to be like the day the white lips go together. And it's going to be like, holy shit, we're here. So right. and that's going to be a that's going to be a killer feeling. I'll be a nervous wreck. But, you know, it's going to be killer afterwards when no one dies, hopefully. So, <laughs> you know, it's that's one of those things. I mean, it, you, I mean, I raised the olives up, teeny babies. To the point where we're getting like adult cages for them this summer, so it's it's something that it's. It, I believe that if you are too grounded in the production of the animals or the economical impact of the animals, you lose the 
the joy of raising it up. And I, and that's the part I love. If I can get someone to come over and breed my animals for me, <laughs> I, that'd be great because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But, you know, I just want to do the raising up part. I just want to watch them grow. So, you know, it's um, it's one of those things where uh, it, that, that in part is the best thing. Also, watching uh, – watching the babies hatch after you put the parents together, it's like seeing what comes out of those eggs uh, and seeing what you can do with it. It's, I love it. It's, uh, that's why I'll keep doing this uh, for the rest of my life. So. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'll give you an example of what, you know, of what not to do. Okay. So when I first started this whole EB Moralia thing, my goal was to sort of work with, um, all the species in the Morelia complex and mm-hmm. uh, or the Morelia genus and um, basically, you know, breed them and have the best examples and, you know, all this stuff. Uh, the best thing that ever happened to me was when scrubs, <laughs> scrubs and uh, Bolins and um, left Owen Morelia Belli- left Morelia. <laughs> yes, I don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. But it made me think, right? That 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 moment and that I thought that I had in my head made me think it's like, wow, man, I'm really doing these animals a disservice because I'm not really into them like I'm into carpets. Right. And, and you know, it's like I don't uh, I'm not I don't have the same passion and the same drive and, you know, although I do keep I do have a scrub. Uh actually I have two. I keep it as it's just basically a pet, you know, because um, mm-hmm. they're beautiful animals. But they I don't are. know. If I'm I'm necessarily in the game to want to breed them. Um, there's plenty of people out there that want to do that. As far as chondros go, you know. So here's the other part of it. Uh, you know, chondros are still in the Morelia genus, and you know, thinking about chondros. Um, you know, I know there's all these designer animals and they look amazing and they're really cool and da 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 da. For me, personally, what gets me jazzed about chondros, I don't think that there's anything cooler than seeing a green snake with a white stripe down its back. Mm. You know, and those yeah. for me, it's Cape York animals are the creme de la creme. Um, but you know, every time I ask a chondro person about Cape Yorks, they always tell me, well, you can get marooks and you can't really tell the difference. And how would you know I anyway? Tell the which, which is true, I guess, to a certain extent. Um, right. But, uh, you know, so I decided, you know what? That's what my collection is going to be. I'm going to work with Aroos and marooks or Marokis, whatever you want to say. Um and that's what I focus my collection on. Nothing too crazy, nothing too big. You know, when when it's when it's big or go home, it really comes down to carpet pythons. Everything else, it's kind of like I have like these little offshoot projects. And I'll tell you what, when I produce that chondro that's green with that white stripe, people are going to lose their friggin' mind over it. You know. But the problem is, is that when you produce the chondro with it's green with the white stripe, you don't know it's green with the white stripe till it becomes. <laughs> green with the white stripe. Yeah. Because they're all born yellow and red. See, that's what that's why I can't I can't get behind too many chondro projects because I would be like, hooray, time to pick my whole back. God damn it. And it's like I have to wait for a year. So yeah. it's like you know, it's one of those things. But um it, it's I, we have I have the Tanabars 
here. I hate them. Um, they're, such, they're, they're such they're such little bastards. I I hate them. But yeah. and they're paired up and watch them breed and make a clutch, and I'll be like, great. Now I got more of you little hellions. Um, and then of course the Jayas and the Waminas and the uh, Marukis are uh, off in the other place. So it's just like there could be more scrubs. I don't want there to be more scrubs. I'm perfectly happy with my Morelia. The problem is is that I somehow drifted into Liasis and absolutely love being in the Liasis portion. So, you know, Maclots are awesome. If I can get some more Cebu, that would be cool. But then I just want the weirder kind of off-the-cuff Liasis stuff too. Like, I, I, I'll be the first on the list to be done to get duns where everybody else is just going to be like, why it's a olive Python and a Maclock Python the, uh, combined. I'm like, exactly. So yeah, no, I, I can, I can totally understand that because you know how I get super, super crazy about, um, Imbricata, you know, like hopefully one day mm-hmm. I can work with Imbricata, Imbricata and, you know, Oh my God, I'll be the happiest guy in the world. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and I'll probably be, there'll probably be a few people, that care about them. But for the most part, people are going to be like, uh, yeah, it's, it's a carpet, it's a carpet it's, python. It looks just like this coastal carpet python. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to be one of those but things. To me, the it's going to be like, oh, yeah, lose your mind. Yeah. It's, the Imbricata is going to get here, and then it's going to be like everybody who might want it or be associated with it is going to get 1.1. It's like how eventually, uh, it's like how Eventually, one of these times that I talk to Nick, he's going to convince me that I need 1.1 Brisbane's. And Brisbane's seriously, sorry, dude, hold the phone. For, hold hold the phone it. for one second. How can you be the coastal guy? I, you you have officially have, lost your coastal up. carpet python badge, badge whatever. <laughs> you are no longer a coastal guy. You are shut out up. of the coastal family. Well, where would you put me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't read anything else. Anyway, um, I don't have the Brisbane's, but I've been like tempted by them. Every time I talk to Nick, I'm tempted by them. And Dude, they're it's so like, cool. I know, but it's one of those like it's one of those. I'm always tempted by them after I've agreed to spend a ridiculous amount of money with him. So it's like he's like, okay, well I'll send you these, and then you know we'll do all this. How about a pair of Brisbane's? And I'm like, it hurts too much already. Please stop. <laughs> so like it's it's one of those times where I actually have to talk to him where I don't have an agenda or don't want anything else, but the Brisbane. So it'll come, but they're so cool. They are, they are so cool. Hey, maybe this year, because you know, you know, I'm going to be up next like ass because of Romulus. I mean, you know, my boys, my boy. Yes. Um, so, you know, I'm already like watching Nick be like, when are those eggs coming? Cause the yeah. second I see that those, that he's got those, I'm going to be like, Oh, it's going to be terrible. So maybe I'll be like, Hey, I want a pair of rough scales and maybe a pair of Brisbane. So it's like, you know, it's going to be one of those things. Um, especially, so, yeah. but it, I, it's one of those things where you get them, you have 1.1 of them and that's it. Because if I get a pair of Brisbane's, what am I going to breed to? 
I will not be that asshole that will take a Brisbane and throw it to a Jack. I refuse to be that person, <laughs> whoever he is. That's going to no, happen. And no, no, it will be not with yeah, me. I mean, come on. But, but yeah, but it's like, so I, 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 you start dipping into locality coastal. So I would want 1.1 Brisbane's, and that's all I would do with them is just have that. And I would not need any other Brisbane's than just 1.1. So, you don't see yourself I wanting bet. to get, like, uh, Port Douglas Coastals, Rockhampton Coastals? No. They no. never appealed to me. Maybe the Port Douglas, but the Rockhamptons never really appealed to me. I mean, That's I know I've only too, ever man. seen, they like... They got crazy head patterns. I know, but I've only seen, like, babies. And when I look at the babies, I'm like, I've produced things that kind of look like that. So it's like, you know, I, I, just, I never got behind them. I never could. So yeah. yours just need to get older so I can look at them. So, uh... You know, it's it's one of those things where maybe, but I, I just never really saw myself getting into it. Uh, you know, maybe later on I'll grab some of the localities. I don't want to be one of those locality people. It's annoying. <laughs> be one That's of those guys. I'm, I'm a little bit of everything, you know. I, I, I know, like it all. Everything, everything. So, you know, I, I just wish your I just wish your carpet pythons would get to the size of mine because I'd love to see you, you were going to put all these things. But, um, like, yeah. uh, Eric's going to need a, a building ASAP. Yeah, that's, so. that's that's getting that way. And, you know, speaking of which, um, yep. I don't know if you saw – I want to say it was uh, – I saw somebody – let me see if I can find it real quick. It really made me um, – I really want, like, a really top-notch uh, reptile room, you know. Did you see and, blonde? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that like he he stole one of my ideas. I'm like he's got a sliding glass door to go into a snake room, and I almost did that for the new room because I was thinking about it, but it was too weird of an opening. But it was like, it, it, I'm like that's a damn good idea. I love that idea of having a sliding glass door to get into your room because that thing would be weather tight and nothing's escaping from your uh, room with that one. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely would be cool. Um, I'm trying to see though. Somebody posted up a pics, pic of their caging, and I was really maybe I'm I'm going through uh, pick of the week. Let's see if I can find it again. Yeah, it was uh, Martin Rosemond. Um, he. Um, I forget the kind of caging that he has, but uh, he posted up on Pick of the Week this picture with his new caging. Um, dude, it was impressive. That's nice. That's really like, you want to talk about high end? Mm. It's it, like the caging was on wheels. It, what's the rack that you have? That oh, rack the, you uh, have that's on ProTech caging. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, dude. And uh, nature's, uh, the natural spirit or whatever the hell. Um, Dude. <laughs> yeah, they're nice, nice man. cages. Well, you, we saw them at Tinley, and I, we were drooling over that one that looked like it was four chondro cages. Oh, that's who that, had the, that's, that was Well, them. I don't know if that's – I don't think that's them, but it's the same kind of setup where it's like – the, like, they, yeah, they look kind of like that. It was They were awesome looking, and yeah. they looked so professional. And, like, it, it would just – that would be so cool. So that's my dream. So you should, I'm, you should do I'm, that. I'm working on that, man. I'm working on it. All right. You know? 
like uh, getting the house and the thing. When I get that basement, that's what it's going to look like. It's going to be pretty freaking sweet. So. That's so much cooler than, uh, you know, that's so much cooler than, um, <laughs> uh, Scott, I'm sorry. Uh, somebody just posted a picture of one of my animals on pick of the week. Um, it's one of those things where, uh, it, 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 we, it's the basic talk we always talked about racks versus cages versus yeah. I don't see my animals versus I do. Imagine having those top notch cages. I mean, then I, you, you can see the animals and that's cool to me. So, well, you know, here's the thinking with that though. You know, that is true to a certain extent. I do agree with that to a, to a certain extent. Um, I think that sometimes we make caging, uh, you know, and the caging is more for the, um, for the, uh, keeper more than the cat because you want to stare at it, obviously, you know? Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Condra or carpets. They're freaking bulletproof, dude. They're not going to be stressed yeah. out if you're staring at it. <laughs> it's no, almost they don't like care. they want you to stare at it, you know, like, come on, bring it on. This is what I'm going to do. I'm on a perch, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like other snakes. If you have like, uh, you know, scrubs and stuff like that, they're going to be like, uh, you know, super, you know, hitting the glass all the time and all that kind of stuff, you know. So yeah, can you, can you imagine? You imagine having those cages in like a high, high uh, traffic area with like scrubs. Oh my <laughs> like, god! You know, bud. What the hell was that? Bud. It's like you know. <laughs> yeah, and then you worry about the animals' welfare. You know, I mean, you're smashing well, your yeah, head I mean, like, into a freaking glass. Three days, their lips are bleeding. They're <laughs> yeah. Got rubbed raw on their face. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason I cover my water pythons cage. It's not because you know, it's it's not for my benefit. It's for hers because yeah. she would just keep going until her head busted. So, which yeah, unfortunately got- she's she's getting too big for that tub, so I have to move her to a bigger one. Which I don't know how the hell I'm gonna block that off. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of. Uh... That's kind of where I'm at with the whole uh, setup and all whatnot, you know. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of had some thoughts. Speaking of scrub pythons, we should throw this out there yeah. that you haven't seen this. Um, Ryan Norris, um, who basically begged, borrowed, uh, would do anything for that one scrub python that you have, Owen. Uh, oh, the patternless <laughs> Wamina. Every time he sees you, yes, you're gonna sell that he thing. He almost got her. He almost got her again this summer. There yeah. was there was debating on, and it, unfortunately, he is the first and only person I will call when she leaves. But it's like every time I sit there, and it's like, all right, who's leaving? And she's on the table. She always ends up not being on the other side of that line of staying and leaving. So yeah, I, and I wish to God I could breed. So it's like, um, like give him something. Right. So he's worked up a – I knew this was going to be a matter of time, but if anybody was going to do it, um, I think that, uh, you know, he's he's the guy for the job because uh, he did a fabulous job when it comes to blood pythons and short-tail pythons. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, him and Kara have, like, one of the best – short tail python collections going, you know, and, uh, yeah, he's just, he's an awesome dude. 
Um, I know at some point he'll be coming on to talk about uh, his scrub pythons and his collection and whatnot. But um, he he basically works with barnecks. He doesn't really work with um, you know uh, uh, any like tannin bars, malukins, halmares, anything like that. Uh, but uh, he's got a website basically, scrubpythons.com. Pretty simple. Uh, you should check it out. See what uh, what he has there. I'm sure. You know, it's a work in progress, um, just sort of like Morelia Python Radio is a work in progress. Um, yep. It's a good start, though. Uh, he has a Facebook page, too. Uh, he has some beautiful scrubs on there, and they really mm-hmm. are beautiful animals. So I- I'm glad that I'm glad that there's somebody that's ex- as excited about scrub pythons as I am about carpet pythons. And that makes me happy that somebody is, is, is putting the time into them. Um, you know, the guy that I used to consider the guru would be David Means, and he sort of uh, stepped away for a little bit because uh, he had some personal issues and whatnot. And, you know, yeah. uh, that dude knew his – well, he still does. He knew, knows his shit. Oh, yeah. Man. He's like, when it comes to scrub pythons, that's the frigging guy, man. Um, yeah, and he's kind of he's, – he's in it, but he's not – I don't know if he's breeding. I think he's got a lot of animals that are on loan to other – people so i think right. he's in it but not and but you know when when he kind of took the the sidestep i mean we lost a guy who was producing several clutches of barnex uh a year and that was you know yeah a, a, a huge hole that is still in my opinion a pretty big not filled gapping yeah i know because it's uh it kind of became uh kind of became lost there. It's really not filled, and uh, some barnecks kind of trickle in here a little bit, but there still aren't that many wild-caught barnecks even brought in. You don't really see them. You kind of don't see scrubs that often anymore. Uh, so hopefully yeah, somebody was, starts picking them up. <clears throat> yeah, it was um, – it seems like if you do see anything, it's mostly southerns, you know, that are coming yeah. in. You don't really see a whole or, lot of uh, – Tannum or tannum bars. I mean, yeah, that's the other thing. Tannum yeah. bars. I don't know, but uh, that makes yeah. me uh, makes me happy. I'm glad he's, he's he's doing it. He's he's got an awesome collection of scrubs. Uh, I'm sure yeah. he'll be uh, successful, just like he was with uh, you know Bloods and Short Tails. So check it out. We did. I guess we'll hit on this next. We did get a question, um, and this question came from Mike Arnold. And I'll read it, and then we'll talk about it. Um, so basically okay. it says, hey, guys, love the show. Really appreciate the knowledge shared um, on uh, the not-so-great things that comes along with keeping carpet pythons. Um, <laughs> he was really <laughs> looking forward to the Mike show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think it was a good show, why? by the way. Um, it was. You know, I know that, um, you know, GTP Keeper Radio had Brad on, and I thought that – I thought Brad was an awesome dude, and he was an awesome guest. Yeah. But the thing that um, I thought was cool was the fact that, you know, we did something different, and we didn't really talk about chondros that much. So No. <laughs> so, you know, we wanted to do something different than what those guys did. But anyway, back to the question. Uh, along with uh, the great – uh, things uh, that come along with keeping Morelia. Uh, if you could brush upon the subject of genetic flaws, uh, be fascinating. By that I mean, we know that Jag the Jag is lethal, but you never hear about yeah. zebra kinks. 
Is it common? Is it sporadic? A personal favorite of mine is the granite. Uh, but for lack of a better word, the word on the street is that there is other uh, are breeding issues due to excessive line breeding. You never see granite to granite. It's always het to visual. And I'm sure there must be other genetic flaws in other genetic pairings also. Again, the show is awesome. Mike Arnold. All right, so let's take the zebra first. So, right. yes. The zebra, tail super kinks. zebras, have yep. tail kinks. But not all of them have it. Um, no. Some, some and have it. And it also varies on where it's kinked and how bad, from almost animal to animal. Some of them have a slight little bend at the tip of the tail, which you can easily be, like, knocked or docked off. Other ones, the tail curls so much, almost like a pig curlicue, that it's yep. almost like a flat disc at the end of their tail. And that you can't do anything about. And I've seen it where the kink is towards the vent, and I've seen it where it's near the tip. Um, and I've seen super zebras born with no kinks at all. So, Jason Balin just touched one out this past yeah. year. Perfect tail. Perfect tail. It seems sporadic. And it's almost like, will this get better over time? Um, will we kind of breed more, like, I would be interested to see if Super Zebras produced by Balin Super Zebra kind of have, I don't know, a better percentage of having, a better chance of having uh, straighter tails, but I kind of almost think this is going to be like a jag thing, where it doesn't matter if how how bad the parent is, you have to, you know, some of the baby's going to come out king, so... So I would think that maybe this would fall in line to like I know let's see so when I think of kinking I think caramel albinos and ball pythons have kinking um, and okay. I don't think that you can breed that out um, they've tried right. for years uh, some do it some don't I think it's along the lines of that the difference I think when it comes to the super zebra is the fact that I'm not sure sure and I'm I can't speak from experience um and I can't speak from anything that I've seen as far as female on eggs um I don't even think we're at the point to where we really would have a whole lot of females that would be on eggs you know what I mean I don't I don't think a whole lot of people have breeding super zebras um are you thinking that the super zebra on eggs is go- like the tail's going to mess with breeding females well, well, no, what I was going to say is is that so when you're looking at the caramel albino and the ball python, um, one of the things that they used to talk about all the time was the fact that you never saw a caramel albino female on eggs. And the reason is, is because the kink was so bad that they wouldn't be able to, um, you know, uh, up. wouldn't be able to even just lay the eggs. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So fortunately, though, with uh, with I don't see how the kink that's in a super zebra would affect that. I just Well, I want to say that also it comes with the anatomy of a carbon python versus a ball python. You're looking at right. a very short kind of stumpy tail, really close right. to the vent, to a very, very long tail that's got a lot of room on it. So it, it, it right. might be just one of those things where um, uh, they can kind of like handle it a little bit more. And I've had a I had a tiger that was born with a kink tail, just out of the blue, nowhere. 
and he had it far enough down uh, on his tail that I was actually able to cut it off um, right at the knock, which it probably would have fallen off eventually because when he shed, the skin kind of got caught around the little knot he had in his tail. And uh, I was within talking with my vet. He said after he sheds a couple of times, it'll eventually get caught up. The blood will stop flowing to that, and it'll it'll pop off. So I was able to cut it off, and that tiger worked out fine. I mean, he lived. He was good. He shed several more times, and then I sold him off to somebody. But it's one of those things where uh, I want to say that because of where the vent is and how long the tail is, that right. a female carpet python should would hopefully not have any issues. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. But that's and a I don't... scary thought. I mean can you imagine if female super zebras just weren't able to lay eggs? I you know, I don't know. I mean I, I'm just there thinking out loud. Female zebras. I, I, I would mean, imagine that, you know, maybe Paul has Paul's Super Zebras, maybe Todd and Carrie have yeah. them um, that are breeding age. Um, I want to say but, Nick has one, doesn't he? Yeah, he might. I don't know. Um, but I know yeah. Nick's hatched a lot also with uh, Perfect Tails, you know. So yeah, so maybe I, I don't think. This, this would be a question that I would have to ask. The, this is a genetics question for our buddy Travis. Um, Mm-hmm. So my thinking would be that you know everything is genetic, right? Yes. So if you breed, I guess this is where genetics goes to a whole nother level, and we're just on basic genetics when it comes to us breeding pythons. But if you breed an unkinked to an unkinked. Is it going to eventually lead to like not having kink? Like, you know, so like for instance, if you can breed That's, for, you know, like you could breed for um, uh, disposition. You know, they've yeah. we talked about that with the the whole thing with the foxes, to where they they were able to like make yeah. foxes like dogs um, just by selective breeding. You were able to, you know, I, so I would think that. That that would be genetic, unless it's something well, to do with it, how the you know snake is formed along well, that, the. That's the test. I mean, uh, eventually we're going to have to test this, and that would be the major test. Is if somebody like Jason took his super zebra and bred it to a super zebra from like Nick, that both of them have no kinks on their tails. If the babies produced all came out with no kinks on their tails. Then, then what do we do? I mean, does that mean that it was just a certain line, or was it a certain type that needed to be outcrossed? Blah 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 blah. Whatever. It would open up a lot of questions that would need to be answered. But in my thinking, where we're going with this is that eventually, when a non-kinked super zebra is bred to a non-kinked super zebra, we're going to get non-kinks and kinks. Yeah, you're going to you're going to get both. Is what I'm. I, yeah, I will, think will I, the, will I would the agree. Kind of be, will the odds kind of be a little bit favored more towards no kinks? Maybe. But I still think you're going to get kink tails regardless. I think it's attached to the zebra gene that in the super form 
you have an issue with the tail. It's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, so much so that even if you look at the batik in the blood python world, um, so the batik is basically looks like a zebra, uh, same type of crazy whacked out pattern. And yep. then when you breed a batik to a batik, you get a patternless snake. There you um, go. Unfortunately, with short tails, they don't really have a long they tail. They short tails. Yeah. Oh, my so God. That, so that kink may cause problems. I don't know. Right there. Uh, yeah. That would be a question for Matt. But um, I think because our, you know, Morelia has prehensile tails and they're long. And that's what they got a lot to work with. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't affect them. All right. So I hope that answers that question. Now, as far as the granite goes, now I look, I back logged our catalog uh, because I know somewhere we had Ben on the show. And then I thought maybe I talked to him personally, but I know we talked about the fact that when they were doing, um, when they were doing the complete carpet python book, um, yeah. he did genetic testing on the granite, and they are basically inbred like crazy, crazy, like horrid <laughs> craziness. I mean, it, when when we first when I first got into it, um, yeah, one of the I was big names. Say this. <laughs> Will Leary. Oh, I'm, I'm. Oh, yes. One of the big names in carpet pythons was Will Leary. And a lot of the new people are not are going to kind of know that name, but not really know. Will Leary was a breeder out of the Carolinas. I think it was North Carolina. I'm going to say yeah. the Carolinas because I don't remember. But he was the guy that originated with the whole MBB line, which stood for Matta Blueberry, which was one of his carpet pythons. He's the guy that took that Jaguar. Cover girl, and jungle. That, and that female Madam Blueberry and got everybody to buy those Jags and, he was the guy that took – he was the first guy to start doing Tiger Jags with a breeding loan from Balin. He got cover girl. He did everything. He wrote numerous articles on how to breed carpet pythons. He was pretty much one of the first guys really to start making carpet pythons popular. Anyway, um, he – towards later on, I mean, he got into granites. He was one of the first guys to have zebras in the country and a few other things. When he really was kind of into it um, – and you knew he was getting ready to go with the granites, and he had this really cool website that was on numerous amounts of times, and he produces his first clutch of granites. And Hold his, on, let me, and pause every, you for, let me pause you for one second. Wasn't it cool to go to, like, you remember back in, like, 2007, 2000, yeah. I guess it was, like, 2007, was like 2006, yeah. you would go, yeah. like, to those Carpet Python websites and be like, Oh my God! Oh my God! I've only had Jaguar carpet python. Yeah, I like, think that's oh, what I did. Wow! Yeah. Dude, dude, Go ahead. In Sorry. College, <laughs> I, hold on. Real side note, real quick. In college, I was looking for a jaguar. I saved up all my money from working uh, my summer job in college, and I was talking to Ben and Justin, and I actually decided uh, to go with um, a jag from Will Leary because it was from Madam Blueberry and Benjamin. And I decided to, like, I told Ben and Justin, sorry. And I went over and I bought this Jag from them. Uh, Ben and Justin have never held it against me. Uh, They might, uh, I guess later on, or if I keep reminding them of this story where I like, (laughs) I almost bought a Jag from them and went somewhere else because numerous people have told me that Will Leary would just pop up out of nowhere and be like, this one's from Madam Blueberry and Benjamin. And people would like backtrack on deals 
every which way to get Will Leary's animal. But And I spent all my money on this Jag. Had to go down to Philly Airport to pick it up from Delta. And I was eating nothing but crackers and tuna for like a month because that's all I could afford. So I didn't spend everything. Anyway, he gets ready to breed these granites. And everyone's kind of excited because granites were still fairly new in the United yeah. States. There were... There were there were they were originated in the Netherlands, right? And yeah, uh, yeah, the guy's yeah, name was one of those places. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the good. No, 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 go ahead. So I mean, like, so they, there wasn't really any over here, and people were starting to kind of try to figure out what the hell would this mean if it was mixed with this, if it was mixed with that. Granite jags were like rumors, so we're all kind of excited to see these granites and. Will posts up pictures that they're pipping, and everyone kind of gets excited. And then the next day, he posts up more pictures, and all the granite babies were born with no eyeballs. Yeah. None of them had eyes. And that's a big thing. It's like, this isn't one of those, like, if the clutch had hatched and maybe one had popped out with no eyeballs, it would have been one of those, holy crap, and throw that one in the freezer but the entire clutch had no eyeballs. And I'm not sure if he did granite to granite or if he did granite to head. But at that point, we started yeah, seeing people, that pop up. Go ahead. People, people shied away from, I think, the granite because of that. People um, bailed because a lot of people, because he wasn't the only one, because there were numerous other people that were doing granite pairings, and some of them were doing granite to granite. And you started seeing no eyeballs in a few babies, a few clutches. So a lot of people started going away from the granite. Like, you you literally saw a huge crash in the granite market. Um, and now you're actually starting to see it decline back up again into where it's a reasonable morph, and people are kind of asking for higher prices for their really good colored granites. And I believe that is the sole reason behind all this reinsurgence of granite is because people like Nick and a few other breeders took the time to take the granites and outcross. They went out. Yeah, I think Nick is probably the one that's outcrossed the most. Um, He's like 90% outcross or something like that. And and that's just from taking wild-caught IJs and crossing them with granite. Yeah, so here's the uh, the deal with with uh, you know uh, talking to Paul and talking to Nick about yeah. this. So you know, yeah, when they did granite to granite, we had it was it was a it was a train wreck. Um, one of yep. the big things besides the no eyeballs is that these granites sort of have what I call jag tendencies. Um, they were jaggy. Not, yeah. Yeah, they're not neuro like what you see with the, um, uh, you know, with the jag. But there's just I don't know how to explain it. There's something off about them. I think uh, Terrell, yeah, Terrell posted up a video about this over on the uh, the the Carpet Python discussion board. Anyway, um, I actually have a mail that came from Will Leary, um, and that animal is again, it's not. It's not – you wouldn't say it was like a jag, but you wouldn't say it's like a regular carpet. There's something off. Now, they're super inbred. Now, what I was trying to find was somewhere in our back catalog somewhere, um, 
we were talking, like I said, with Ben, and they did the genetics testing or whatever, and they found out that those things are, like I said, super, super inbred. Now, when they went and made Granite Jags, I think was, yeah, Granite Jags was the first thing to get outcrossed, right? So, you know, a coastal, as nothing is not related to an IJ in, you know, it's not like any way, shape, or or any way or whatever. Yeah. Um, So you didn't see any of those problems. No issues, no, none of the birth defects, none of the bad uh, clutches. Like sometimes what you would see is that the the female would have issues laying eggs, um, you know, the eggs would go bad, uh, blah, 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 all these kind of problems. Never saw that in any of the, the, you know, the morphs when they started crossing the morphs. Um, Mm -hmm. So that started people thinking uh, that uh, probably – could be fixed without crossing, which what we're seeing now, I have a, I have a, um, a granite female from Nick. And when you compare the two, Oh, completely different. So, um, and this is only slightly outcrossed again. It's not like, you know, it's not like, I think Nick is up there in like the 80% outcross now. He he Uh, went crazy, which is awesome. Which so. is a shame because that's what no, nobody nobody is Thought doing do it. with no. the granite. I it's see people breeding granites and they're just breeding a granite to a head, and exactly. they're not doing anything because you know you don't get that visual. You know, oh look again. This is sort of what I was saying earlier about my my past two seasons. It's like I'm getting animals that is like, yeah, well, I'm not going to be able to post it on Facebook and people be like, ooh, that's so cool, but. Uh, long-term project, yeah, it's going to be cool. You know what I'm saying? So, well, like, yeah, you, you really you should take some, a grant. You should. I mean, you have some wild-caught IJs, so I imagine at one point, if you have nothing that they're doing and nothing your granite's doing, that oh, hell yeah. Across, oh, yeah, done, and that's awesome. And it, it's just it's one of those things where a lot of – and that's what I believe is why you end up having a reinsurgence with granites is because it, it's better that way. And that happens with – a ton of recessive trait animals is no one gives a shit for the first couple seasons and first couple generations because all they want to do is recreate it. So you're having brother bred to sister and brother bred to sister and mother bred to son and blah, 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 blah. And that's fine. But you have to outcross at some point or you're just dooming the entire project to having horrendous issues. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I I agree. You know, so the more that these you know morphs and morph breeding, and it's it's inevitable that you're going to breed a parent and a uh, you know, especially if you have some kind of trait that you're trying to prove or something that you know is yeah. a pet or something. You know what I mean? Um, you know, like you said, especially with recessive to get that visual. But as soon as you get that visual, you should start out. Just my opinion, yeah. you should well, really start outcrossing. It's like you with the poison ivy clutch. You're going to breed her son back to her. And then that clutch, let's say you get a bunch of black baby carpets. The next thing you're going to do is take one of those black baby carpets and probably throw it to a wild-caught IJ. Because now yeah. you have complete new blood in there, and then you can do whatever the hell you want with it. So yeah. you have to. What, what, what people tend to forget is that to stabilize it, you got to go out. you got to go out and come back in. That's why I'll do a pair from siblings, uh, for, uh, I'll do a pair of siblings once, and then after that I'm going out. 
So yeah. it's like uh, it's ten. That's also kind of why I know we were talking about why I'm so female heavy right now. Is that sometimes I don't like buying 1.1 from one breeder because all you're getting is siblings. I like to maybe buy one here and one there. You know, make my own, but buy something else. Like uh, I have tigers that I'm raising up right now that aren't that are going to be old enough in a few years. But if I go get this male tiger right now, he's completely unrelated to every single tiger I have here. Now right. I've got blood to infuse to other things. So, you know, and it's kind of cool that way. So, Yeah, so I hope that answers the question. I think one of the cool things that I see with carpets is that people are pretty pretty open about any issues. I know in some, you know, some, I guess, Royal Pythons come to mind when it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that they try to hide these things. But the idea that you're you're going to have just normal animals when you're working with basically genetic defects, um, it's surprising that you don't see it more often, really. I mean, it is. It is. is really the honest truth. As you know, you. I just I, I just think that you just be open and you just you know some people. You know, can like for instance with the jag, it was a little bit controversial back in the day where people would say, oh, "No, yeah. my jags don't do it." Da 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 da. That, you, jag, uh, that was the funniest <laughs> shit in the world. And what was weird is, is that I went through that with, you know, coming up into the carpet python world, and then when the jags made it to Australia. They sort of went through the same thing, and like we but, were already, we already were past it, and we just accepted that yes, they're this is what it is, you know, it's it, they're dead, but, and you're not going to have the magical white snake. It's and, never going to happen. <laughs> but you know, you, but you know what's funny is that one of the lies I was told when I was coming up in carpet pythons when it came to the jag is like, you know what? There's a strain of jag in Australia, really, that has no neurological disorder at all. And you're listening to this guy tell you that his Jags came from the strain of Jags from Australia <laughs> that have no neurological disorder at all. Right. And you all, and like, and my brain is like melting inside of my skull because it's right. like, that's not where Jags came from. And they don't have <laughs> Jags in Australia. And yeah. all Jags have neuro. It's like sometimes the, dumbest shit comes out of people's mouths when it yeah. comes to snakes and what they can try to get you to believe in order to make a sale. Like, I honestly got had one guy come up to me in, like, the thickest of Brooklyn accents and tell him how, tell me how his friend, he uh, he, used to, he keeps his bolins in his garage like a corn snake, and they breed every year for him. Oh, I remember that. Like, this is the biggest thing. He doesn't, he doesn't post, he doesn't post it anywhere up. or sell them. Forget about yeah, posting, like, you know, because there's some people that aren't on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Shut your damn mouth. Yeah, that's funny. Um, and, and, it's, and, and the people at, at reptile shows, the people who, before you get plugged into herpticulture, like there was a guy who every year would always have baby white lips and baby scrubs, and baby chondros. And he would tell right. me about his fantastic collection at home and how he got his wetlets to breed every year, blah, 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 blah. As I got older and I found out about Cam and Cam's list, 
<laughs> you started seeing everything that was on Cam's list appearing on this guy's table. And he tell you about how magical the breeds were. He got rough scales, the one show. And I'm like, how'd you get the rough scales? He goes, I got a breeding pair. They're doing great. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. It just appeared on Cam's list. It's like, wow. you know, it, yeah. So you got to take what a lot of people say with a grain of freaking salt when it comes to a lot of shit like that. Somebody, yeah, it's all- and you know what? Eventually, eventually down the road, someone's going to say, hey, man, my super zebra never throws king tails. Yeah, it's almost as bad as that. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's like a picture of this girl, and she's in a bed, and there's like a long yeah. snake stretched out next to her. And there's yeah. a story that says basically, oh, uh, little Susie slept with the snake for 14 years until finally, you know, um, murdered her. <laughs> Fluffy, Fluffy decided that, you know, she's no longer uh, a bedmate. She's now going to be food. So he started sizing her up. And Fluffy yeah. laid alongside of her every night, uh, you know, to see if he could swallow her. So I got a real funny story is that I'm mailing all the calendars out, right? And I'm in the yeah. post office, and the lady says to me, oh, what, what are you mailing? You know, and she's looking at, you know, some are going to Australia, some are going to Africa, some are going to the <laughs> Netherlands. She's like, this is kind of, what are you mailing? And I'm like, uh, they're, they're calendars. Oh, really? What kind of calendars? I was like, they're snake calendars. She's like, what? You would have thought that there was a snake in the in the freaking calendar. You said the like magic the actor, word. You know? She's like, uh, a snake in the calendar? Yes. Right? <laughs> so, so she says to me, oh, well, my cousin, she keeps snakes. Or no, my cousin's husband keeps snakes. And you know what happened? They put it in the bed. And she goes to tell me this story. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Shut up. Shut like, up. I just read this Shut on Facebook. Are you serious? You're going to say this story. Oh, man, it made me so bad. <laughs> I had this. Th- and, then you, and then you have a point. You have this. You have this thought in your mind at this point. Do you stop the lady and correct them and be the asshole, right? Or do you just let or the stupidity. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you're like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I was some, like. Some people are beyond saving. You just got to let it ride and go. Yeah, I said three more hours. I said, "No, nah, I'm not letting this one ride." I, I had a bad day at oh. work, or whatever, standing there in the thing, and I was like, "No, that's bullshit. That's complete bullshit." Yeah, like, it's like, what do you mean it's bullshit? I said, "No, that's a story that's, that's on Facebook." Shit. First of all, yeah. a boa constrictor cannot swallow a person. It's impossible. Never. <laughs> oh no, I don't do. Uh, oh my god. Okay. I love it. But, I love it when I, I would go to. I would do their educational programs. I would be there with a king snake. Like, oh, he's going to try to eat us. I'm like, what the hell are you thinking? It's like, do you see the size of this animal compared to you? Yeah, it's Shut crazy. Up. I just can't, you just can't, like, sometimes you just can't let stupid people continue to be stupid. You know, it's just like, uh, you, gotta like and, and, you know, I, I know sometimes it's not worth it, but it's like, oh, my God. I, for whatever reason... I'm sitting there, I was like, I just want to mail these calendars. Why do you have to tell me your bullshit story? You know it's a lie. You're telling me the story, like, you know, like, come on. No, it's bullshit. Well, my my favorite is still the, so you keep snakes? You know, I, I went outside once and killed one with a shovel. That's lovely. Thank you. Thank you for telling me how you, yeah. how one time you murdered an animal with a stick. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you, you got a dog? Off. Let me tell yeah. you a story. It's like... <laughs> What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But 
Anyway, how'd we get on that topic? I think I that answers. I think that answers uh, Mike's Mike's question. Let's see what else we got. All right, let's keep the controversy going. Um, yes, that's what I'm talking about. So here's a controversial topic. So, and I'm going to speak to this, and I think that me and you, Owen, have no idea what it's all about. But apparently there was some drama in the Condro world. I don't. I really don't know what it's about. But one thing that I hear a lot is, like, these people that are sort of maybe high up in the, you know, in the reptile world, um, you know, like, people that know, like they sell to a lot of people or they're well-known or people look up to them or whatever. And here's my question. If you're a well-known breeder and you are really being shitty, like you're not, you're not, you're not being good on for the animals. You're you're not treating people right. You're not doing the right thing, et cetera, et cetera. Why do they continue to get a pass? And then, you know, what pisses me off when it comes to that is you see like somebody post up a pic and they're like, they have like five snakes, you know, and they're, they're just they're post up, and it's like you know, all of a sudden, there's like these reptile, you know, police have been waiting all day, you know, for this person to post up a pic, and it's just like, oh, we're just gonna have at you, you know, and and they just freaking release the hounds and let the person have it, but their idol, quote unquote, you know, whoever that would be, uh, you know. They do the same shitty shit, and mm. somehow they get a pass. Have you experienced that? Uh, have I've you seen not, that? I've seen it. I, I've not experienced yeah. it, but I've seen it. Where it's like the same somebody who's well known in the industry or has been around forever kind of gets a free pass on doing some really crappy things, um, whereas a newbie is like crucified for it. And yeah, it's kind of like one of those things where I do believe correcting a newbie, uh, a new person uh, early, it will prevent them from making the same mistakes that other people have made. And that's sure. awesome. Also, correcting behaviors, they'd be like, oh, no, no, you really don't want to do that. You want to do this. But there's also a way to do it. There's a way to do it, and then there's a way to be a jackass. So, you know, there's helping somebody out, and then there's being a stuck-up schmuck. So, and that just kind of is how it goes, where, you know, you, you can definitely advise people, but, you know, don't, don't, don't be a jerk about it. But I have seen where people will get a pass because of, they've hooked up a lot of people in the past or, you know, they're friends with all the higher-ups or they're an admin of this, that, or the other thing. And to be honest, I don't believe anybody gets a free pass because the second you start slipping is the second you become not deserving of all that acclaim that you have. <coughs> but I, you know, I, I I think everybody has the possibility of making mistakes. You know, I mean, of course, all absolutely. of us are at some point are going to make mistakes. I yeah. don't think that the mistake. This is just my feeling. The mistake is not the problem. It's how you handle the mistake. That, handle the that, mistake. That could be the problem. Exactly. You know? And that's and that's the that's the thing at the core of whole of all of herpticulture. I mean, you, you know, you can have a DOA. It is not anybody's fault. It's a DOA, and you know, it, it could be like everything was packaged correctly, but somehow the heat pack slipped and cooked the baby, or it the, the FedEx guy didn't get to the house, or 
the dude receiving it had an emergency and had to leave. It's like you, it, those happen, and yeah. it's just how you deal with it. You apologize. You make it right. You send the animal. You can have an animal that's out on breeding loan where, you know, it, it's worked out every time and it's worked out perfectly, and then all of a sudden something happens and that animal dies. You know, it, it could be a complication through breeding. It could be a bunch of, again, it might not be anybody's fault. It's just how you deal with it. You know, obviously the owner of the animal is compensated. You apologize profusely. You move forward. It's the guys who will try to fight you on things and be like, yeah. I, oh, well, you know, obviously you didn't do this. And obviously you didn't do that. It's when, it's when people get hotheads and refuse to compromise with each other, with each other and work with each other. It's like, well, the animal is a $200 animal. I'll give you the amount of money it costs. You know, plus a little bit extra because I feel bad. Really, you're going to give me three thousand dollars. Well, now we got a problem. So it's like, and that's when board of inquiries get involved. The problem is a lot of board of inquiries now are friends of friends and insiders talking about this, that, and the other thing. And it's sometimes you don't get a fair shake at a board of inquiry. So yeah, I mean, yeah. If you if 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 it's like you know uh, you know for instance uh, if somebody Obviously, we're out in the public eye, you know. Um, so, yeah. obviously, when we're when you're out in the public eye, you know, people are going to like you, and there's going to be people that hate you. You know what I mean? I, and that and just I, comes along I, with it. Don't, I don't care. So yeah, like, neither do I. But it's part really of the territory. Tough skin. I mean, like, dude, the That's first what I mean. couple seasons of the first couple seasons of NPR, I absolutely hated being so thrown up in amongst everything. And yeah. being involved in everything, and I felt that I needed to weigh in on everything. Now I just don't care. <laughs> it's like, well, I think the thing that the thing I think the thing I know we're getting a little bit off topic, but I think we the thing that um, with NPR, right, is like yeah. I, I've had people and I've seen people, no ridicule that we said something wrong or that we made a mistake or we said this yeah. and this is not true or whatever. They blah 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 blah, and it's and what what. I, what people forget is that when you're doing this, sometimes you're talking and like the whole idea of this show was is that, um, okay, so if you approach somebody at a reptile show and you want to talk to a breeder, but you can't necessarily talk to the breeder because, you know, he has snakes to sell or whatever. That's right. sort of the feel of the show. It's not It's not a scientific show, you know, uh, although sometimes yeah. we try to we do. Uh, get into that realm. Um, we're not scientists, you know, and we don't claim to be, um, I'm not a herpetologist, um, you know, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm learning, I learn every episode that we do. Um, and sometimes we'll say things and, you know, two episodes later, somebody will say, nah, that wasn't wrong. I remember Travis Wyman, he contacted us and he said, you know, you had asked this question and (laughs) you're totally wrong. And this is what the case is. We're the first ones to admit when we yeah, fuck we up. Yeah, we say it the next show. The first people. We will, yeah. you, if you send us an email and say, you guys are more, you can even put that, you guys are morons. We'll be like, all right, how so? And if you put down how we screwed up, we will be the first people on the next episode to say, all right, here's We're what idiots. we did. Here's what we did wrong. Here's who told us how to do it. And this is what he said completely. Yeah. If you if you don't do that, but then feel like you're going to run around on Facebook and be like, those guys don't know anything. Well, la da, yeah. congratulations. 
congratulations. You've right. put us in our place. It, whatever. It, we're, we're, if you want to try well, to help us make the show better, we love it. Love you. you know, Perfect. The, Done. The people that the pe- that cracks me up because the people that ridicule, you know, uh, um, they could go and get their own podcast. Get your own podcast. <laughs> and they could when talk the hell, about... When, this, when the fuck is yours there? I didn't see it. <laughs> I, you know... Yeah. So so that doesn't bother me, but the first couple, the first yeah, the first couple years first that it was, years it was hard to me off. Oh. yeah, because you know you're like, uh, dude, I really don't know much about this. I don't think I should I'm comment. Trying. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> it, it was like, what do you think, Owen? What? Like, I have no idea. It's like I have no opinion on this. Opinion on this? <laughs> it's like I, I've told you that. So many times, like, what do you think? Going, I don't know. I don't care. So it's yeah. like, it, it, it's one of those things where it, it it was it's gotten better with time. Yeah. So well, yeah. because we have more experience and we've talked to people and we learn stuff and you know it's it's a constant learning. Those, yeah, we've had those all night, like on Facebook, ranting and ravings, and realized that it really <laughs> doesn't help. Yeah. I mean, and that it's really pointless, and we'd much rather be sleeping. So, yeah. it, you know, it, it's uh, one of those things. So, yeah, so I guess I guess what just upset I guess okay, so here's here's an example of where I'm just going to talk off the cuff. And when I talk Do off it. the cuff, sometimes I may say things that people may take wrong or whatever, but this is my thing. Or thinking. be offended by or something. If, <laughs> if somebody is doing something wrong, right? Yes. And clearly they're wrong. I think the first course of action would be to contact that person, not on the freaking internet, you know what I mean? You know, either call and not in an email, public, whatever. Yeah, that's what I mean. See, it's yeah. like... You say, hey man, this is the situation, I think that this is messed up, what can we do to fix the problem? You know, yeah. um, at that point, you give them an opportunity to, to fix the problem, and if they don't, I think to a certain extent you have an obligation to let that be known because other people could be buying from that person. So if you have, for instance, let's say if you have company, this company, and they're selling, you know, they're selling carpet pythons and they're just, you know, selling left and right to everybody thinks they're the greatest thing. They have the coolest stuff, blah, 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 blah. But let's say that they all have, I don't know, they have a huge respiratory illness going through their collection. And you contact right. the person and you say, hey, listen, I had this snake. Uh, I had it for a day and it's dead. You know, what What can we do? You know, so if the person that's selling the carpet pythons, because I think to a certain extent, I think hum, humans, people, sometimes uh, will be in a position, I've seen this, to where, they're making the sales, so they don't give a shit anymore. You see this in business yeah. all the time. Like, you take my business for example, right? So if you're selling, you know, everybody's coming in. You have to bribe bread and milk, and you don't really have competition, and you're sort of the people. You just eventually, what happens is you start to get cocky. You never want to get cocky. No, you get cocky. 
start saying shit that, you know, it's like, I don't need you. I don't need your business. Get the hell out of here. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I got 10 other people that are lined up here that want want this. If you don't want it, go scratch. So you tell the person to go scratch. And, you know, real behind the scenes, everybody's getting these snakes and they're they're all have this issue. They're all dying, whatever. So people are out all this money. I think that that's, you have an obligation to let people know that, you know, this person is not right. And what bothers me is that people that would be, that would be like, let's say, I don't know, let's say carpet python breeder A um, is breeding carpet pythons and has this issue and me and you know about it, but yet we don't tell, like somebody comes along and they say, oh, I'm going to buy a carpet python from blah, blah, blah. And we, we don't say we anything. don't say anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. That to me, that's, that's what I think is wrong when it comes to that. Um, I think that just like, I think that, and again, I don't, I didn't read the numerous threads that were over there on the, on the Condro forum, MVF. Um, right. Nor do I, do I even care anymore at this point about that kind of drama. It's, doesn't I don't have time for that bullshit. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> no. But <laughs> no. But it, I guess I guess the thinking is is that when you have a snake like a chondro, um you you have this higher end animals, you know, where you think that higher end people are going to be. And that's not always the case, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're going to have scumbag like I know that ball pythons get a bad rap because uh, they have some scummy people, but they also have some great people. And, you know, I think that that's not – you're going to find that in carpet pythons. You're going to find that. You're going to find that with chondros every, are not everything. Exempt. No. <laughs> you know? Chondros are not the golden snake on the stick. It's like you're, you're going to have you're gonna have shit and drama no matter where you go. So right. the, 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 the issue that kind of comes in is that with certain chondros – you know, it's not dollars, dude. Exactly. I mean, if you're looking at a couple thousand dollars for a chondro and it ends up being something that you didn't expect or something not right with it, I mean, that's that's got to stick with you. I mean, imagine if you go and drop your money on rough scales, and then the first rough scales you get is something's wrong with it. I mean, yeah. If you uh, spend and five thousand dollars on an animal. Oh, I'd be vomiting. Um, yeah. It's, it's one of those things of, like, if you are, I mean, it, it's almost, it's one of those things of, like, y- you you can approach the breeder and give them a chance to correct the problem. But as a breeder, if you care anything about your reputation as a breeder in the reptile community, and there are some people who say they don't give a shit, and that's not true because you live and you die in the reptile industry, by your reputation. I've seen sure. people who just totally think that they don't need to impress or play nice with anybody just wash out. They just, they, it happens. Where, yeah. Or I have had, or I've seen people who think that they can get all these animals on credit and then not pay for them. And... Dude, that, that this, this isn't how this works. It's like, again, you live and you die by your reputation. You have one bad deal, and and, and, it, and it will stick with you for the rest of your reptile career. 
Now, I'm yeah. not saying that one mistake is going to ruin you. I'm saying how you handle the mistake. We already talked about it. DOA, you can have one DOA that you handle horribly, and it'll be with you for the rest of your life. But you can have five DOAs that you handle spectacularly, and no one's going to talk about it. Did you remember the picture that remember the picture I sent you? So I can't remember who this was or who who did this, but I was cruising around. It was on. I want to say it was on one of one of the ball python groups that I'm a member of. The guy oh, where the thing in the oh god oh that one the recent one oh yeah oh, tell them so, tell them so, what it was oh so this this guy orders uh I don't know some kind of leucistic something um and you know I guess it's still for whatever reason whatever genes were floating in this it still was somewhat of a high end animal um I can't remember exactly but the person I think paid. I don't know, upwards, maybe a grand, something like that, like up above 500. Um, and the animal was shipped, and it had like five heat packs in it. <laughs> and the styrofoam was all jaggedy cut. The freaking box was like an old box that you moved when you were in college, and you saved it. And now you're like, you know, it was uh, in, your, apart. in your 30s okay. or something, and you still have this box. So he just went to his garage and picked out a box and was like, all right, this will do. Cut some and, freaking and, styrofoam. It looked like he broke it. You know what I mean? Like broke a yeah, piece off all jaggedy edge. some newspaper, and then I, well, the animal wasn't even in a bag. Yeah, it was just in the box. You it know? It was in the box. Almost all these freaking heat packs. Oh, my God. I got to I gotta see if I still have those pictures, and I'll post and, it over and, and in the group. The nerve. We have the nerve to look surprised. When it arrives dead, I mean, yeah. like it's almost like the people who were like, "I ship the animals in a sock." <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for not oh, giving two shits about the animal. It's like, it, dude, you and I have talked when I ship out an animal. I'm a nervous freaking wreck. All right. Yeah. It's like I'm like, all oh, right, destination, please just go there and be happy. It's like, and I've had animals that arrive on. Uh, at, at the person's house, and I found out the heat pack didn't turn on, and they arrived cold, but they survived, and they were happy, and they were fine. Um, mm-hmm. I've had I've had one DOA. I've had one freaking DOA my entire career, and that thing pissed me off so bad it was ridiculous. But, you know, obviously that animal died, and then I shipped out. There, It was a jag, which killed me. So I shipped out another Jag female and a free male to go with it. And that guy did nothing but sing my praises for the rest of the time we ever did business. That's just how it works. You got to, sometimes you got to knuckle and be like, all right, well, you know, shit happens, but you know what? I'm going to make sure you're happy. So, yeah. and it, it, packing animals, like I said, is one of the most stressful things ever. Because I'm always worried something's going to happen. Even though, knock on wood, Nothing ever has, but I mean, like even when uh, Vulcan and Romulus came to me, they were in a styrofoam box with one of those little mitten warmers. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I, I just don't understand, like, like how you could have an animal that costs so much. A freaking heat pack costs what? Maybe what? Three bucks? Um, I know, like, you know, a box arrived, that has like styrofoam oh, costs. Like, when, like when, come when on, man! Arrived, Take some pride in arrived, yourself. I thought they were dead. 
because they were in the containers and it was cold. I thought they were dead. I was about ready to lose my mind, and then I opened them up. I picked up Romulus, and I'm like, he's dead. And then he did the threat display. I'm like, oh, my God. So I literally filled up a big, one of those really big-ass Fuji bottles. I had one, and I filled it up with hot water, and I put it down on my desk because I had them delivered to work, and I put Vulcan and Romulus on top of the Fuji bottle, and they sat there, coiled, in little perfect circles, on my desk for at least, like, three hours. And then they started moving around and warming up and doing their thing. And I'm like, all right, you guys are good. So I put them back in their styrofoam containers. I had brought heat packs from home, so I put them in the styrofoam container along with the Fuji bottle right up against the radiator. Oh, terrified. I thought they were dead. So, But you're right. You have these two high-dollar animals, and you didn't even put a a, a 72-hour heat pack. I send all my animals on priority overnight shipping with a 72-hour heat pack just in case the truck explodes or something and they're left on the side of the road for a day. It's like you gotta, you gotta, you got to be able to pack these things correctly and take pride in that kind of stuff. So Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I'm, I posted the pictures over in the chat, um, and that's oh, kind of my God. point um, that – you know, we should have higher. St- <laughs> That's kind of my pony. <laughs> Shit. That's kind point. of my pony. <laughs> We're doing well today. Uh, We're doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Excellent. Anyway. Excellent typo. Anyway. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my point. Is that you know that person? Come on, man. Look at the like the tin foil that's around the styrofoam is the best. <laughs> like somehow that's gonna insulate, you know, the box and this make it be warm. It. Like, <laughs> yeah, just buy a goddamn Why, box. Tony, uh, um, so it's Tony, like, um, nice jerk. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, he likes ponies. <laughs> he likes ponies. Anyway, um, yeah. Stop playing online. Um, but it, it's you do need to. It's like you you take pride in your product. You take pride in your animal. You take pride in your project. Why wouldn't you take pride in getting it there to your customer? Because opening that box is an extension of your company. It's like when people open up a box from me. Uh, you open up the box and it has the your packing slip with my header. And a letter saying thank you for your business, blah 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 blah, tells you exactly what's in the box, everything right there, and a co- and my business card. You move the styrofoam; it has the animal, which is usually in a uh, snake bag with paper towels inside the snake bag, and then it's surrounded by either shredded paper or some other kind of packing material all around the already styrofoam with the 72-hour heat pack. It's like, yeah, dude, it costs me a pretty good amount of money to get all my shipping supplies because I buy the big box of 72-hour heat packs, and I buy in bulk all my shipping boxes, but it's a brand-new box every time. So I will only really – I'll only ever really reuse a box if it was brand-new when it came to me, and I have – and it fits perfectly with one of the animals. But if it's a baby box, those are brand-new every time. So it's just, you know, you got to, you got to, like I said, you got to take pride in your own stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. That's what I took from that 
from that whole conversation. And again, I don't even really know what the what it was all about. So it's not. I'm sort of taken from what you know, sort of drifted and took off the top, yeah, and then I, sort of made it into our own topic, so to speak. So it kind of dribbled over. I mean, it, what what I think the main takeaway is is that you know it. There are so many entities and so many people and so many things out to ruin the reptile industry that right. we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard or exactly. they, they, they don't need help guys. Like they really, really don't. And to be honest, there've been several conversations that I've had with certain people that if you look at certain things, it's like, you know, we're, we're, we we aren't helping. Like, you know, this is there there are a lot of keepers out there that are not helping the cause, that are not helping the uh, argument to keep these animals, to keep government agencies from taking said animals or outlawing those animals. It's it's one of those like I said, they don't need help. I mean, one of the major statistics that HSUS and a few other places are sticking to is that the majority of captive tiles or the majority of reptiles will die in captivity. Uh, not of old age, and doing something like this, where you ship it incorrectly, it, it, you're helping. You're, you you just added to that statistic a little bit. It's like care a little bit more, please. So it's uh, it's one of those things where you 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 represent uh, all of us, you know, regardless of what you do or how much business you do or how many reptiles you keep. So definitely hold yourselves to a higher standard. Absolutely. Um, I guess we'll keep the uh, we'll finish with this again. We didn't hit on all the topics we were supposed to. God but... damn it! <laughs> it's almost maybe, like we have to. Maybe keep we have to have two. Show. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, but this I thought was interesting. Um, again, uh, Daniel Harris posted up this uh, post over in the uh, Carpet Python discussion uh, board, and. Um, I just was curious on your thoughts as well, and I'll sort of maybe I, – I put a little bit of a long post, so I figured that, you know, I'd make a point to make sure that uh, people understood my point. But uh, basically, uh, he was basically saying that um, that a topic that was bugging him a lot, um, that people would rather lower the price to make a sale nowadays um, – you know, so would you lower a price to sell versus someone else? Or do you believe that you produce high quality, which calls for a higher price? Um, All right. So I, I'll go ahead, Owen. You tell me your thoughts All first, right. and then I'll send mine. I will, I will never undercut a fellow carpet breeder. So... If some guy at a reptile show thinks that he can play off of myself and let's say like Jason at like Hamburg and be like, Hey man, you got your tiger here for like two fifty, I know a guy over there that's got it for two hundred, I'll be like, Okay. You know, I'm not going any lower than two fifty. Like I will not sit there and be like, Oh really? Well, you know, how about I give it to you for one fifty? It's like I'm not gonna sit there and play those kind of games. And that's just my own personal mentality. I don't want to deal with that. Um, but I believe that I have quality animals, and I believe that my animals' prices are fair. 
and I will definitely give price breaks to repeat customers because they're like friends and family discount, but I will not undercut or undersell my own animals either. I won't cheapen them. So just because you see a carpet python on somebody else's table for 100 bucks doesn't mean that it's the same as having uh, a line-bred morph animal at my table. So just because you see a jungle carpet for $100 doesn't mean it's, it's going to be the same. That doesn't mean I'm going to drop mine down to $100 so you can buy it. I'd rather take it home with me because at, I don't care how long it takes for me to sell this damn thing. It's I'm not – this isn't my main source of income. I don't need the sale. I don't justify everything to have to get it all done. If if I have to take it home, that's cool. That's one less slot I need to fill next show because this one will just be here. And eventually, somebody will pay the price that I have labeled the animal for. And, right. you know, it's one of those things where people are like, man, I wish – there was some guy when I first started breeding said, man, I love your Jags. I'm just waiting for about a year for now when you drop your prices. And I told him straight to his face, I said, well, you do understand in a year from now the prices are going to go up. And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, well, they'll be older. That male will be almost breeding age. Prices go up. They don't go down. So <laughs> he was kind of shocked with that one. And then the next show after that, he bought an animal. So it's like sometimes I, I'll never drop my prices to meet somebody and I don't care if I make a sale but there are some people out there who do and will drop sales but I think once we start doing the stupid ping, ping ponging stuff I mean I usually will price any animals that I have at a show that are repetitive like if I have tigers and Jason Balin has tigers and Howard has tigers I'll either price them the same or let's say mine are younger than Jason's then I'll usually do like 20 bucks maybe lower because you can get mine that's younger and cheaper, or you can go buy the older, better one from Jason. I mean, that's just really how it goes. Um, and, dude, there are days where I'll make a couple sales or he'll make a couple sales and I'll make nothing. It's It kind of goes back and forth. It's There's enough room for everybody, and if you play it correctly, you will sell out all your babies. It may not be within a month of you producing them. Um, right. You may have to hold on to some for a year. I still have a two thousand. I have a pair of two thousand thirteen caramels that are still here. The male is in with one of my females. If he breeds, uh, I hate to break it to everybody, but he'd be a proven breeding male, and now his price just went up even further. So right. um, it's just it's one of those things where it doesn't matter. So no. yeah. So well, with me, um, you know, I have many thoughts when it comes to this type of topic. But I guess the thing that, uh, you know, is sort of the same as you is that one of the things I learned early on is that you only produce what you can take care of, you know. Yep. Um, again, that's why I don't go crazy. So, you know, when you're looking at my collection of carpet pythons, you're looking at 150 carpet pythons, you know, 100 and even, probably, maybe even more. I don't know. I I stop counting but the you know with a collection like that if if you i really wanted to i could really be pumping out you know carpet pythons and i just think that to do that at this point is just 
I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense for me, you know. Mm-hmm. So the first person I breed for is myself. You know, I I spent a lot of time. I've researched a lot. Of, you know, spent a lot of time on the internet talking to breeders, developing relationships with. You know, when I wanted a tiger carpet, I found who had the best, and that's the guy I went to. You know, Balin was the guy I needed to get a carpet python tiger from. Uh, when I started looking for bread lie, you know, uh, you know, uh, again, Nick Mutton's name came up. That's how me and Nick started talking. Um, you know, when I started getting into these crazy morphs, Paul Harris, and, uh, you know, this is, it, it's just like, you know, I try to track down the best examples of the animals um, that I could from specific pairings, put my name on a list, you know, putting deposits on animals, you know, before they're even hatched and all these, all these things just to have this specific animal to fit into the pairing. Um, You know, uh, to me, that makes my animals probably more valuable than what you're willing to pay for them. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, which is sometimes why I have a hard time selling snakes because to be honest, that's the part I hate most about the snake hobby is the selling part of it. Because what I think the snake is worth is probably not what you think it's worth. And it's going to, but that's fine. (laughs) That's fine. I, I'm not telling you you have to buy the snake, but I'm still not going to give it to somebody that I don't know um, or has never bought anything from me and probably never will buy again from me, uh, you know, a a snake. So um, that being said, if you have bought from me in the past or you're in what I call my inner circle or something like that, yeah, absolutely I'm going to hook you up. But I never would advertise that. Um, No, there's a difference between what you will – sell something for and, and what you're going to advertise something for. I mean, if if you if you call me and you've bought in five of my animals and you really want this and you know, uh you know, and I have it listed for 250 for you, you can take it for this much. I mean, that's just that's how it works. So, and uh, yeah, you know. I think that uh the idea that you can um you know, that you're going to somehow go out and buy, um, like you're going to buy the best examples and then, you know, put them together. And then all of a sudden you're just going to be able to sell them with no problem. You know, like the whole thing of, well, the snakes will sell themselves to me. That's, that's bullshit. Um, you can't, you, you, can't you have to help them. Yeah. <laughs> You just can't do that because people don't know you. They won't trust you. They don't, they're not going to, you know, you need to build up a, a strong customer base. Um, mm. you, you need to, whether, you know, that requires work, websites and, uh, you know, going to shows and, uh, you know, posting on Facebook and, and taking good pics and answering the stupid questions, all those things that take time out, out of your day, um, you know, but that's how you develop relationships with people. Um, I I think the one thing that upsets me when it comes to pricing is, uh, especially when it comes to something rare, is that when a when a group of, you know, if you uh, I'll use zebra jag as an example. Okay, so the first people to produce 
Zebra Jags in the States were myself, Kerry King, and Jason Balin. I remember mm-hmm. being at Tinley that year, and we had Zebra Jags, and, well, I spent 5000 for my Zebra Jag. Yeah. Okay? So what what do we put them at? Do we put it at uh, do you put it at you know two thousand? Is that a reasonable price? Is well, well, how many years had passed since since you paid five? Well, um, nah, yeah, maybe two, a year and a half, something like that. Like you I know, have, the, I, 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 oh, excuse me. I would have put them at three and a half and see what happened. <laughs> well, this is the thing. We went back and forth. What do we put it? What do we don't? But the point is, is that me and Balin and um, Carrie, to some extent, I don't think Carrie was at that show when we were doing it, but to some extent we had a conversation. I think Carrie had already put up a price and, you know, but talked via email, like this is, this is what yeah. we're going to, what I'm going to do, blah, blah, blah. But, I guess where I would have a problem with this situation is, is if I'm at the show with Jason and he comes up and he says, "What are you going to put this at?" and I say, "I'll just use an example, two thousand bucks." Okay, mm. okay, that seems like a reasonable amount of money for this. Blah blah blah. I'm willing to do that. Okay, we'll put them both at two thousand dollars. So at this point, we're, you know, our animals and the the money is on equal playing field. Now Jason has the advantage because he's been doing it longer. He has a he has he's a, got a big more, customer base, yeah. Right, a better well he's better well known within the carpet community, and rightfully so. You know, yeah. so I would be a total douchebag if I said, "Well, he has the advantage." I know we said two thousand, but I'm going to make mine fifteen hundred. Well, also that's a dickhead move. Me- it is, and also if you all agreed on two thousand, how do you know that Balin hasn't been in contact with other customers who might want to pick up an animal at Tinley? And he's like, all right, well, it looks like the price of Tinley is going to be two two thousand. All right, and then they get there, and then they've already paid two thousand dollars for this animal. They pick it up, and as they're walking past Balin's table after they've just picked up their two thousand dollar animal, they see them on your table for fifteen. I mean, yeah. you kind of, what you what you kind of did there is you kind of just like cut Balin's ankle stuff from underneath him. It's like, it, it and that and that happened a lot. I'm told in a lot of other reptile markets before whatever happened in carpet python. Well, I think so, and I think last year you saw that a lot, and I think that was what a lot of drama was that that was in the carpet python world. I think yeah. that uh, there was a lot of people that were had these morphs and, you know, obviously that's where it was at and everybody was racing to try to be the guy to sell it. So that's well, why I myself... We're racing to the bottom. It's like you're racing to the bottom of the pool. Correct. It's like, so, it's horrible. So what I, my approach, and this is just me, my approach was is that, okay, rather than waste time arguing with everybody about, you know, the, the market and this and that and all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, well, my focus is going to be trying to grow the market. Yeah. You guys are trying – I mean, eventually it comes to a point where you're just selling to each other. And that's just – you know, that's fine. It's like, But you're not going to get 
the, the amount of money that you want. And I know, I guess it's all relative as far as like, you know, snake's only worth what somebody's going to pay for it, blah, blah, blah. I get all that. But I think we undervalue um, our animals quite a bit. Um, and I think that, um, you know, the amount of time, like, what's your time worth? You know, there was a, on that same thread, there was a, there was a video about, uh, there was this guy and he was talking about, he was talking about art basically, but it kind of falls into the same type of thing. And in the video, the guy's like, you know, people don't understand what all goes into this. And, you know, if you want to apply that to snakes, again, I go back to the thing, like people don't understand, like, okay, so for us, uh, well, I'll, I'll speak for me, you know, my I have two websites. Well, actually, three websites that that mm-hmm. is run. You know, we got Morelia Python mm-hmm. Radio. I got my own personal EB Morelia. Then there's Carpet Fest. Um, you know, think about the work that goes into the weekly podcast about Carpet Pythons. Think about the collection that I have of grow. You know, and and you know, then you got the Carpet Fest when you're trying to you know put on an event and the planning and the, the the stuff that goes that's all involved with that, you know, that's a lot of work. And for me to sit here and say that, you know, okay, well, this snake is worth 60 bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's a... uh, like, I, I, to, okay. So I, I have no problem. Like what I saw happen in last year and it's sort of like really geared my season for this year. And again, why I breed for myself and maybe I'm stupid. Uh, and maybe I shouldn't be this way, but to me, the the overall community is what matters more so than an individual sale. And that could be because this isn't my job, you know. Mm. This is something that I'm just passionate about, you know. I just dig carpet pythons, and I don't want to see them um, become worthless, throwaway animals, you know, because they're not. And uh, the idea that... Um, you know, like something else, I know this is a bit off topic, but something else that I hope that doesn't get lost, you know, I'm thinking about this as I'm having these thoughts and looking through stuff. And I think about back in the day, how cool a tiger jag was, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like when you first saw the, t- I mean, for me, it was like, wow, tiger jag, yeah. dude, that is so freaking cool. I think I bought a tiger jag. Uh, Matt has it now. I gave it to Matt, but uh, I bought that Tiger Jag from Balin um, because I think it was like 900 bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? 900 bucks yeah. for a Tiger Jag. Yeah, my, and my first Jag was a, was 12, and then my second Jag was a Grand. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but, dude, it was beautiful, you know. That, yeah. I was, I was just paying it forward because of what, you know, Condro people did for me so to get people in the carpets you know you got to pay forward but um beautiful snake but i i i worry that um people won't won't think about that anymore you know what i mean like you have like the guys that are doing morphs and stuff and they're sort of just like i hope we don't fall into this thing where nobody pays attention to that kind of stuff because um, I was looking at, uh, you know, as I look at ball pythons and stuff, the thing that I see time and time again is that you've got these guys that try to put as many genes as they can. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that at all. But what what sort of, you know, if you got six genes in an animal, sometimes the example that you get, like, yeah, I guess from a breeder standpoint is cool. But 
from an actual the look of the snake is just like it's like a nearly patternless brown smudged animal. Who wants that? Like right. if you think about like if you go and you breed, I don't know. I'm just going to throw out, you know, uh, albino, super exanic, uh, het for hippopotamus, uh, you know, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. You, you insert as many genes as you possibly can think of. Yeah. You know, like a su- super caramel granite, zebra jag, head albino, uh, you know, caramel, hypo, sungle. You know what I'm saying? Like you have this kind of crazy animal and it looks like dog shit. And then you have a yeah. tiger jag, which is freaking sweet. What's worth more? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like that's and that's the kicker. It's like you need to be able to appreciate every animal for what it is. But correct. unfortunately, the price for 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 a tiger jag is like two hundred bucks right now because everybody has, or everybody who would normally be most of the people who would normally be interested in a tiger jag have them by now. So. They're not going to buy them. So really what you're trying to do is appeal to the people who are just getting into carpet python. And they probably aren't going to spend two grand for an animal off the bat. So Well, I'm not saying I'm um, not saying that uh, necessarily, yeah, you're right. They're not going to run out and they're not going to buy an animal. So, like, you have to have entry-level animals. And this is sort of like I would always ask this for, you know, like when we have chondro people on. And now I'm going to pose it to the carpet python world. Like, I would always say to chondro uh, breeders like why doesn't anybody do like uh, an aru pairing or like a bion yeah. pairing? You know, like why doesn't anybody focus? Like it would seem that you know you would be able to. You have these animals that come in and they're farm raised or farm hatched or whatever, and they go for like you know anywhere from three hundred to say five hundred, depending on locality and. Uh, the availability of said locality at the time. Um, Like, uh, why wouldn't you want to have those animals available? I I don't understand that. But now we're having the same thing. Like, who's producing Tiger Jacks? I know Howard is producing Tiger (laughs) I guess you are. Okay. But... You know what I mean? Like, who's really like? Uh, I who's guess you are too. Life. But like, who who is going and saying? You know what? I think you know who comes to mind when I think about this mm-hmm. is Howard. You know, I've had yeah. conversations with him, and he says, you know, I'm just focusing on this is what I'm focusing on, and this is what I'm doing. And you know, he's going to have. I guess uh, there's going to be a point where he'll have, and you know, possibly you, if that's what your focus is, the, the nicest tiger jags around. And you may be able to put your Tiger Jags at 500 where somebody else is put in at two. An example of that would be what John did with his Gamma Jags. You know what I mean? His Diamond Jungle Jags were a 1000 bucks, where mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, you couldn't sell a Jag for 300 bucks. You know what I'm saying? So right. Well, you remember that- Mo with her Jungle Jags? I mean, yeah. coastal jags were dropping to about hundred bucks, but Mo kept her like jungle jags, especially her eighty-eight percenters. They were up there in three, four hundreds. Yeah. So it's like oh. sometimes you got to build your market, make it better. So. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just think that you know when it comes to pricing and whatnot, it's it's kind of a a, a tough thing. But damn man, take mm. some pride. 
you know, I think that you should definitely, my thought is, is that you should definitely, um, you know, not, if, not try to just say, oh, this is worth, you know, nothing from the gate, you know, put, 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 put some, what did, what did you put into that animal and try to think about it that way? I bet you people would have a whole different ball game if you're selling an animal for 200 bucks and, uh, you know, you divided out how much time you spent to produce that animal and how much money it's cost to produce that animal. Like, you know, you would, you would not be making money. <laughs> and some yeah, people, no. a lot of people, it's not about making money and that's fine. But I think you should just worry about, um, producing stuff that you, if you have to sit on it, you know, then you have to sit on it. It seems like the snake yeah. world is kind of like, you probably know this better than me, Owen, but you know, it's like no sales, no sales, no sales. And then it's like, whoop, sold out. They're all gone. <laughs> you, know yeah. I mean? you have to be patient, yeah. man. You do. I mean, especially with carpet pythons, because it's like waiting for the color, waiting for the color. There it is. Everything's gone. It's like you gotta you gotta wait. It's like I, I, I had the 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 clutch of the red tigers last year. I was waiting for everybody, and all of a sudden, boom! Everybody got their color, and everybody left. It's right. like that's how it goes most of the time. So it's it, don't be too discouraged. That's why, honest to God, I don't see. It's almost like last year's babies start selling like like hotcakes when this year's babies arrive. So yeah. I'll get, I'll get the clutch for I'll get the first couple clutches from 16 and then I only have eight babies left over from 15. And once that starts happening, it's like the babies from 15 start going. And then they'll be gone quickly. To the point where I'm down to one or two. And then maybe yeah. one or two will hang out for way longer than I ever expected. And then they'll eventually leave. Like I don't have any I have two left over from 2014, and I have two left over from 2013, and then I have eight left over from 2015. So it's like I can probably fill up a table display, and you know there's going to be one moment where somebody's going to come by and be like, you know, I wanted to get a pair, and then like, boom, now the the 14s are gone. It's like that's right. just how it goes. You get to wait till everybody kind of grows up, and no one's really going to look at the 16s when they hatch, unless they were really in the market for what I hatched out in 2016, um, you know, other than that, they'll yeah, start like, looking at the brighter ones, the bigger ones. Yeah, the new people that are coming into garbage pythons, which, seems, like I said, I think is more and more people are coming in. But those people yeah. are not going to buy freshly hatched carpet pythons because they don't no. look good. You know, so no. like they're going to be looking for, I want the bright jungle or the jungle jag or, or whatever, you know, whatever. More established. Yeah. Color, blah, blah, blah. The people yeah. that you're going to sell that animal to that just hatched out is other carpet python people, you know, that know yeah. that, okay, I want, uh, I, I've been watching Owen. I follow his stuff. I know his animal Echo and I want an offspring from that animal. So put exactly. me on a list for echo you know and it's like okay well these hatched out and you know then you start to have an eye for you know this well, one's going to be a looker this one's going to be okay you know a perfect example is i have a bunch of people asking me for bread lie and i yeah. don't have any bread lie left but i'm none people are waiting so if sometime this summer i have the clutch of bread lie 
fresh babies, people are going to buy those because they've been waiting for bread lye as over the over my yearling coastals because it's not what they want. Right. So, but I guarantee you there will still be some bread lye. Like last last clutch I had, I was so male heavy it was ridiculous. So a lot of my bread lye sold as pairs, you know, male female, male female. Then all of a sudden I had like eight males, and I'm like shit. So you had to. That's when the spigot was a little bit slower because I had to wait for somebody who wanted a bread lye male. A right. lot of people who were just getting into bread lye, they bought 1.1. So that's how it goes, too. And I was willing to sit on it to the point where now I've gotten so many people who want bread lye, I wish I still had more. So like, I almost wish I had upped the price a little bit more, maybe to hold on to a few. So, you know, uh, it's just it's one of those things where you yeah. just kind of got to roll with it. Yep. So that's that's kind of my thoughts on that. I thought it was a good topic that that was brought up and you know, it seems like over on that uh Facebook group there's a lot of good topics that uh, come up. Speaking of which, yes. Uh, um the uh the MP is back up. Uh the forum. Uh, my god. <laughs> so for a long time uh, for a long time you would go on there and you couldn't like like when you would try to like click on to the next page, it wouldn't let you do it, and you wouldn't like you'd have to. Sc- there was like some kind of error message that took up most of the screen, and you, it was just messed mm-hmm. up. But anyway, I don't know if people have been there. Probably not. Not. Um, but uh, it's up and and back and and going. So uh, yeah, check it out. I use it a lot for just research of stuff. Find that back history of stuff interesting. I, I'd like to get more of that. Like the guys at GT Keeper Radio, they did the, they had Tim Morris on, and they were talking about uh, Mr. Blue and the Blue Line Condros and all that back history. I, I, I you know, nerd out about that, but, um, mm-hmm. so, uh, so yeah, that's that. Um, that is cool. I think, I think that's. I think that's all I have for now. Um, let's see. I just want to make sure we hit on uh, everything we were supposed to as my paper comes up here. It's taking forever. <laughs> uh, you and I got to meet up at some point because we got to start getting the plans ready for Northeast Carpet Fest. So. Yes. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> This is very true. So speaking of Carpet Fest, April 30th is the Southern Carpet Fest, uh, April 30th. So, Owen, clear your calendar. <laughs> Where the hell do you think I'm going April 30th? Oh, Texas! Right. Oh, God. You don't have a choice, my friend. <laughs> Why, is Bill, uh, is Bill paying for me to go out there? So, no. 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 <laughs> We'll start a go then I do have a choice. for you. <laughs> <laughs> then I do have a choice, sir. Oh, yeah, I guess so. So, uh, all right. Um, I think we hit on everything. Um, yeah, just going through real quick. We'll leave that rest of that stuff over. Um, yeah, so I guess unless you got anything else, we'll wrap it up. And... I got nothing. So Okay. Yeah. So next week's show um could be possibly um 
carpet python show, a breeder, or, or it could be a white lip python show, uh, depending <clears throat> on how things are going to go. But um, I'm going to have to call in the following week, which I think is like February, what, 15th maybe? Yeah. Because we're going to do the first ever Carpondro show. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm going to be in Florida. So you're going to be manning no. the station. <laughs> you're going to be manning no. the station and I'll call in. But uh, Don't make me do it. All right. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what we have lined up. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This could be a problem. I'll talk about this later. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be. So you, okay. you and I will talk about this later. I will figure that out. Stop going to um, Florida. Yeah. No kidding. All right. So <laughs> that's what we got lined up for the uh, for the month. Um, some cool things. And then I'm pretty excited about this one. Right at the beginning of March, we got Darren Whitaker coming on to talk about Silver Pepper Inlands. And Is he going to send us any? Mm, I don't think so. Maybe a picture. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll talk about some of the uh of the uh, uh uh cool things that he has going on, some of the projects that, that he did and you know we'll be working on next year. One of the things that I've I I wanted to bring up on this show but uh I it definitely will apply to him is if you're doing a cross species or subspecies pairing, you know, like mm-hmm. AKA Breeding a bread lie to say a jag, or a diamond to a you know an albino or something like that, um, where they're winter breeders and southern you know wow, southern breeders, winter breeders and summer breeder breeder spring breeders. Damn it! Mm-hmm. Um, what is the what is the best way to get them to go? You know. Because they're breeding at different times, so like, is that an issue? Is that you know? Um, I'm just curious about that. So, we'll talk about right. things like that. that. You up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you know, like, yeah. how do you get the male brettles to uh, want to breed a a jag that breeds during the winter, and the brettles don't breed until you bring it out? I mean, obviously, it can be done because it's been done, but I'm just curious but, on yeah, some of the strategies to get that done. Yeah. Right. Who has to be prepared, the female or the male? Right. Right. So uh, it should be interesting, uh, definitely the history on the silver pepper inlands, probably my favorite carpet python morph. Um, so it uh, should, be, should be good stuff. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Um, as far as shout-outs, make sure you go and vote for us for the reptile radio show of the year I guess we're basically a podcast of the year but uh, go yeah. to uh, I think they're all podcasts I'll put the the links all over the place so find it and go vote for us daily help us win to us a win for us is a win for the carpet python community <laughs> uh, and yeah. all the breeders and the world and, yeah. yep. <laughs> so show us some love uh, let's see what else for Morelia Python Radio, uh, if you like us and you want to check out uh, what we uh, have going on or you want to learn more about Morelia or carpet pythons, then look no further than MoreliaPythonRadio.com. 
uh, and then I'll sort of shoot you out into the world of Morelia and give you links. And um, I, I'm, we're working on uh, the different morphs and stuff, um, the different uh, pages uh, to show you the history and you know the different examples. We're still looking for pictures of Jags at this point, so if you have them, send them over. Uh, and you can send all that stuff to info at Morelia Python Radio. If you have a uh, show topic you'd like to hear, uh, a question that you want us to hit on, uh, because we like to do this, uh, you know, where it's just me and Owen uh, every month or so, you know. Uh, that way mm-hmm. we can all those things in. So uh, be sure to do that. Info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Morelia Python Radio. Give us a like. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Morelia Python. Uh, iTunes is where you can subscribe to us, subscribe to the show, uh, or whatever podcast app uh, you happen to use. And I think the one thing that uh, I've, I've noticed as of late is that the show's getting spread around. So that's cool, uh, and keep doing that. Keep it up. Thanks if you are, are helping us out, spread the word. I think it's important to get the show in front of people that don't know about it uh, so that they can learn about carpet pythons and Morelia and all that stuff. Uh, so uh, thanks for that. Um, and as far as myself, EB Morelia, you can check out my website at ebmorelia.com. And I put all of our info, I'm going to start doing that from now on. It's all in the show description, so all those links are in the show description. Uh, It just makes it easier. Um, And you can go check out my website, see what I have going on. Uh, You want to see what's going on as far as breedings and stuff, you can check out the breeding uh, diary page uh, to see what's what. Um, uh, Now that, uh, what are we, uh, what? Six weeks away from spring, something like yeah. that. So oh, that's according I guess, to the groundhog, yeah. <laughs> or, no shipping, yeah, right. Shipping will uh, open up pretty soon, so that will be cool. And I'm going to be having some animals available for sure, right around that time. So if you're looking for something in particular, give me a shout out, and maybe I have it. Uh, if I don't, I will put you in touch with the person that does. So don't be shy. Um, And uh, let's see. I also have a Facebook page, EB Morelia. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Any of those things, you can follow me and uh, see what we have going on. And that's all I got. Cool. Uh, What I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. You can also go to facebook.com or rogue reptiles on facebook.com. Give us a like. Check everything out there. Uh, on the website, you'll see a full breakdown of what we have for sale, as well as any shows we will be attending or vending. Uh, currently, the closest one I have is the Hamburg Reptile Show on February 27th. Uh, if you see anything you like on the website, it can definitely be delivered to Hamburg for your charge. If you're going to be at Hamburg, please stop by the table and Check us out. We're usually in the back aisle uh, behind Matt Natola's table. Uh, he's a cool guy. You can check out his stuff, too. <laughs> um, so uh, that's all I got. Uh, there is also the breeding diary on 
Uh, RogueReptiles.com has the latest, uh, what we've been seeing from our pairs and what we're hoping to see from some of our pairs. And if we have to mix things up, we'll put it up there. Uh, anyways, that's all I got. So uh, what I will say is good night, everyone. And thank you for listening. And we will catch everybody back here for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night. Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotics. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Marklin and I create the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit thereptilereport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is it's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our buy it now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad that also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buy and selling? Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live, on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder. Then visit ShipReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.